Hi, wonderful listeners. This is your host, Maddie Shook. Before we get into the episode, just wanted to take a quick second to give a bit of disclaimer here. Um, When we did make this episode recording, it kind of saved weird. And so after the audio was saved, it kind of created a echo on both um, my and Megan's um, vocals on that. And so I know that can be a bit distracting, but we this was a really great conversation because both myself, Megan, and our special guest, Shannon, we have a lot of feelings on Steve Rogers and Captain America and the first Avenger as a movie. And so it's a really great conversation. And so we hope you can kind of overcome this instance of technical difficulties, but hopefully you can still enjoy this and enjoy the episode. Welcome back, y'all. I know it's been a bit, um, we meant to record an episode earlier, but technology thwarted us, so we're trying to save that from the wreckage. It's kind of in a weird purgatory limbo, so hopefully you'll get to hear us talk about Aristocats soon. But it is now officially July, like, how did that happen? And so, once upon a stream, your Disney Plus podcast to go into the magical world of content on the streaming platform. We are back. I'm your host, Maddie Shook, and you just heard my co-host, Megan Mann. Hello! And we have a very special guest today, so... Um, not to bury the lead, we are talking about Captain America, the first Avenger today. And we sure are. When the, the word Steve Rogers is mentioned, not to mix up our superhero metaphors, but like the Batman signal just shot into the sky, Shannon was summoned because we are talking our, our precious boy Steve and consequently Chris Evans. And so Shannon, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for sending the Captain America signal up. <laughs> it, it was necessary. And so, because um, sending out specifically that there is a Chris Evans Thirst group chat that does exist. And so it's a thing. But um, Shannon, for any of our first time guests, um, before we get into the main topic at hand, um, a question that we kind of do just so folks can kind of get to know you of just what is your journey with Disney as far as like level of fandom and what like what you enjoy about Disney or um kind of first got you into it and like your your favorites essentially okay so um I grew up going to Disney my aunt and uncle live like 30 minutes from Disneyland um so we would go once a year we'd go down for um New Year's we wouldn't go on New Year's because if you go on New Year's like, I salute you, but that's scary. Like, you're... That's a lot. You're pretty hardcore if you're going on New Year's. But we used to go once a year. Um, And then, I don't know. It just... It's something that I've always loved. I love going to Disney. I love watch, watching Disney movies. Um, I have kids now, and they love watching Disney movies. My favorites for Disney... Um, Maleficent is my favorite villain. Aurora is my favorite princess. And... Oh, keeping it in the family there. Right. Well, it honestly, so Sleeping Beauty is my favorite Disney movie of all time. Why? Um, I wore out like you remember the VHS and like the plastic clamshell that would make awful noises. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So awful I wore it out. ASMR, like for real. <laughs> yeah, I wore it out. Um, I was probably ten, and it like stopped working because I just watched it so much. But I do. I that is my favorite Disney movie. Uh, but yes, Captain America is my favorite Marvel character. I will fight anyone any day. Any day. Because who tries to tell me? All day. This is 
in this house, in this podcast. Captain America reigns supreme. It's true. I, somebody once was like trying to tell me, and don't get me wrong, I love Tony. He's great. But they were like, Tony Stark is, and I was like, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. You, no more talking now. We're, no we're done here. Yeah. This, this is, is it. it. Steve, Steve Rogers, Rogers is the top. Oh, yes. The tops. Oh, yes. And, and so, so, like, like this, this is for our, our like, like, in celebration, celebration of 4th of July. July. So, that July 4th, 4th it's kind of weird this year. But, but um, also, also, canonically speaking, the 4th of July is also Steve Rogers' birthday. So. And that is more important this year to celebrate than an actual America. It's more important to celebrate than most things. True. <laughs> and so we should always celebrate Steve when we can. And so that, um, speaking of, so now we kind of know, like, your journey with Disney, um, kind of opening it up to the floor. So this is our second, like, MCU property that we've talked about, because during Christmas we talked about Iron Man 3, which is a Christmas movie. It's yes. a thing. Um, but um, Shannon... What was kind of your journey with the MCU? Did you kind of like start right off the bat of like, were you immediately into it or did, um, was it kind of later in that kind of pulled you in? Honestly, I got into it when Captain America came out. I liked Iron Man, like it was entertaining, whatever, but it wasn't like hardcore. Um, And then Captain America came out and I was like, okay, I like this. Let's (laughs) read comics. Who is this guy? Much like Peggy, where she, or where, uh, Haley, where she couldn't, like, help herself from touching him. I was like, ooh. I felt that because yeah, I didn't we, say. We, we will get to that because there's a lot to unpack there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so much to unpack. Oh, girl. And so, like, I think I kind of talked about it the last week and talked about Marvel, but. Yeah, I would say this movie, so Captain America, the first Avenger in particular, that it's kind of what sold me of like on board in terms of I'm in in, like MCU, it's going down. This is like my new thing. And so because, yeah, Iron Man was a really good movie, but at that time it was just one good movie. Yeah. And like ambivalent about I didn't watch Incredible Hulk and Iron Man 2 was fine, but not remarkable. And so I watched Thor because Hemsworth was intriguing um, from the trailers and promotional material. But okay, once I wait, saw wait, the wait. movie, I was like, okay, that there's there's some cool world building here. And like I kind of like where this is going. Like I'm intrigued. I'd like to subscribe to your newsletter. But it wasn't until um, this movie, as far as the first Cap movie, that I was like, Okay, I'm in. So you have me now emotionally invested. So I care about not only of just the superhero conflict, save the day, yada, yada, but I care about these people as people and their emotions and arcs and their journey as a hero and what they're going through and their struggles. Oh, yeah. So now I'm excited to see wherever you take these characters. I want to see you build on this. See, that was like the opposite for me, though. Like, I went in, my friend had me... I remember, I I think Captain America, America, not Captain America, America, I'm sorry. I think the first Iron Man movie came out when I was a senior senior in high school. school, And and I I remember remember going in with, like, like zero zero expectations. So I was like, ugh, no. Because, you know, I love, up until that point, superhero movies were kind of terrible. Well, I loved Batman. I loved all the, like, the Christopher Nolan Batmans. Oh, my God. Don't even get me started. I could be here all day. 
Um, but you know, I was always, I've always watched Batman movies. One of the most terrifying things in the world to me is Danny DeVito as Penguin. I can't get that out of my nightmares. Um, but I, but I never like was like super obsessed. But I think because I went in with like the absolute lowest expectation humanly possible. Literally, I was like, I'm not even interested in this, but I have nothing else to do, so let's go. Um, I really ended up loving Iron Man, and I was, when Iron Man 2 came out, I was like, absolutely. And then when Thor came out, I was like, oh yeah, let me get on board with that, because I loved, I really loved Kat Dennings, and I love Natalie Portman, and the trailer had him specifically walk around when he's on Earth with the shirt off before he puts it on. And, uh, the gratuitous shirtless it's, Sean picture. Yeah, excellent marketing. And then that had me. And then I think what I loved so much about them was that, yes, they were superhero movies, but they were so funny. They were yeah. so funny, and I loved that so much. Like Thor, you could say whatever you want about any of those movies. Thor is one of the funniest characters ever because he is such a he's like a dumb entitled bro, but he makes it funny. He does. He makes it funny, and I like it. Well, and until then, it was so superhero movies. I mean, after the first Batman, what was was it a trilogy or were there four? It was a trilogy. No, it was okay. a trilogy. Before Nolan, it was three before. When Thor came out, it was just the first two Nolans. Yeah, yeah, but before that, like the the Michael Keaton Batman's, yeah, which yeah. got interspersed with like Val Kilmer, and it was a whole thing. And George Clooney. Yeah, but they were those were okay, funny. They weren't like super funny. And then Nolan was so dark and so, so depressing. Dark and, serious. and then it was like, oh, we can we can laugh, we can laugh again, we can laugh again. Yes, I want it on record. That is what like. like I think that I think is that what is it is, though, because yeah. those Christopher Nolan movies, especially The Dark Knight, were yeah. so unbelievably dark. And yes, there were those funny moments with the Joker, but you know, it's only funny because he's absolutely insane. Like, he's an actual insane person, and, it's, and he's reveling in it. And so I think that, like, levity love to relieve the tension instead of it being, like, an actual joke. Right. And I think, so what made the Marvel movies, I think what kind of got me was that levity where you're just like, okay, okay. We have those really cool superhero fights and those superhero sequences, but we're laughing and we're laughing not out of uncomfortableness, but we're laughing because it's funny. I, I do want it on record, though, that Thor's eyebrows in that first one terrify me <laughs> to yeah, this so day. What's funny, um, there was an interview with Kevin Feige, and, like, it was kind of an off-the-cuff remark where he's like, do you have any regrets from, like, the first, like, phase of the Marvel movie scene? And he's like, yeah, we shouldn't have dyed Chris's eyebrows. No! <laughs> funny. He has, it looks like he has no eyebrows. It's very disconcerting. Now that you also, think you say that, like, I, I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like, Chris is a natural blonde. Like, yeah. It's a dirtyish blonde, but it's still blonde. So, Which like, they went with for the rest of the movie. <laughs> yes. Because they realized once they saw that on, like, an IMAX, they're like, oh, oh bad. Like, bad. We should never. You know it was some guy, too. You know it was some guy that was like, we should bleach his eyebrows. And every because girl it's... in the room was like, no, 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 no. no, no. Don't do that. <laughs> Well, what it is, is because they're like, because in the comics, it's like he has super light blonde hair, that it has to be that level blonde everywhere. And no. I think that's the, the biggest thing of MCU, um, and this kind of reflects our past fandom experiences, is they realized because comics, 
is not, is not a good thing. enough reason to do something in a movie. It's Absolutely. Not. And or TV show. Just throwing that out there. I mean, related to no other topics. That... Nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, because I got it. I got it. <laughs> and so... Yeah, because they realize that, like, we can draw from the comics, and they give us great characters and stories to draw from, but we don't have to, like, we're not chained to them. Exactly. Because who's ever going to believe that Jesse Eisenberg is Lex Luthor? No one. No one. But, like, getting into, so... Captain America First Avenger. Yes. I also love the period pieceness of it all. Of yes. Yes. Because it feels like a World War II movie in a sense. That it, oh. it has that like 40s vibe to it and just the mm-hmm. love of heroism. It, it just fits. And so the, this one, it's still like there's still links to the other two Cap movies and like the other movies that Cap is in and all of that, but. It still is quintessentially that era, and it really just kind of sets it apart and makes it just a great movie unto itself, not just a great superhero movie. Well, and that's why it's so different, is it really kind of, I mean, it's silly to sound, but it's almost like a period piece as well as, like, a superhero movie. It's not yeah. just, like, superhero, kill stuff, make right. fight. Right, because everyone knows, like, if you're aware of superheroes, you're aware of Captain America, Yep. and everyone knows that... He wasn't, he wasn't okay, okay. So, so I don't know if I I don't know if I explained this the last time. Oh, I don't think I did. <clears throat> Someone um, who was born from the same parents as I am. So I she can't say I'm calling her out, but someone that's born from the same parents as I am. She um, called me recently, freaking out, saying, "Did you know that Spider-Man was the only one that got bit by something, and that's how he turned into a superhero?" And I said, "Yes, I did know that, um, because if you know anything about Captain America, he was a science experiment." Yes, mm-hmm. a and voluntary then, science experiment, but still correct. a science experiment. Little scrawny little boy was like, "Mm-hmm, yeah, I, mm-hmm, yeah, no, I'm gonna he, uh, do the thing because I want to be the person, so I'm yep. gonna do the thing." So, he let Tony Stark's daddy inject him with stuff. And I thought that was like such a great. That's the best part is that it's it such is. a tie-in because your tie is still in because it's Tony Stark's dad who did it. Yeah, Tony Stark's, Stark's dad. Howard's big boy for nothing. Yeah, that's literally what he did. He's the one who created the super soldier serum. And so, like, but everyone who knows anything, even vaguely about superheroes, knows that ninety percent of them were not born that way. No. Um, so... Thor, that's really about it. Um... Sort of. Uh, and Tony, and Tony was, was always smart and rich, but... Well, Aquaman. yes, but... Aquaman was born that way. That's fair. Aquaman, Aquaman was born, born underwater, like a man, man-made mermaid person. Exactly. And so, and so he... So, so in order, order for... for it to make sense to go to an origin story, of course we have to be in World War II. Like, we have to have that whole thing authenticity yeah so i love that they didn't say like listen we know it happened forever ago but we're not gonna do that like could you imagine if that's the thing they decided not to draw from no because it would have been wrong terrible captain america movie from the 80s that is just him in the 80s and it doesn't work it's like laughably bad um but 
part, like, like actually a decent amount of what makes Steve Steve, even in the present day, is being born. Based when he's born. Is being yeah, born when he's born. he like was born and raised in a completely different era from all the other Avengers, and that's what gives him that totally different edge. Yes, like he's like, not a billionaire and genius. Also the no. fact that he was like he was skinny and sickly and like had a lot of hardship to the point before he became Cap that I really appreciate how much time they spend with Skinny Steve before like he comes into that because I'd say it's a good like almost third of the movie oh yeah yeah, yeah it's for a decent sure. amount of screen time and we can discuss the merits of that times so 2011 CGI in terms of making Chris but you have to say that was, that was amazing, amazing technology, technology, and it still is, because that was oh, yeah. what they used in the Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Mm-hmm. And I thought it, when it they, still looks pretty good. There's, there's a couple shots, shots where, like, it, well, it looks weird and his head is huge, but, like... Right, but, like, you see that being used in Benjamin Button, and you're like, oh, that is cool. And then you see yes. it being used here, and you're like, oh, you guys really did a number on Chris Evans here. You really right? did, because he doesn't look like that. Mm-mm. <laughs> I also, I love that even when he's skinny, like, Peggy respects him. Yeah. Like, she has so much respect for him, and it's such a big message. And she still, also, she still flirts with him, too. Yes. Like, the the flirtation and the romance and all of that, it started with skinny Steve. Yes. Like. It's just such a, a huge message to send. Like, yes, he becomes somebody else, but it was never, it didn't start that way. She liked liked him him even before, before, and he was was nice nice before, before, and all of those things things that made him that person that was always in Bucky's corner. Yeah. Transferred. Yep. Like, they didn't make it where it was, like, a Bane thing, where, like, he went from a normal person to a cuckoo person when he went all crazy and got hopped up on the drugs and stuff. Yep. But, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he didn't do that. He just... They made they sure made that he sure stayed that he well, himself. The beauty the of it of spending so much time and really letting you get to know him before even any of the like main action starts is it just shows you that Steve Rogers is the hero. That it's like Captain America is just the symbol in a costume and like the posters and everything. But it's Steve is the hero and it's just who he is to his very core being. And that you get to like see the characters that kind of influence and bring that along the way so this is kind of your first glimpse at the brotherhood that he has with Bucky and that there's different things and how you interpret it that that's open to you um but at the end of the day Bucky's his family that that I feel is kind of what else you can attach to it there's gray area and room for subjectivity there but yeah that you see his family of like his main support system and then also stanley tucci y'all i know okay also jenna coleman i always forget jenna coleman is in this movie i always forget jenna coleman's in it and then she pops up and i'm like oh gosh because she's only there for like a hot second i know but every time i'm like mary bucky mary bucky you know what it's probably because she was in the tardis and they went zoom 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 back there and it was just it was just an adventure with the doctor that's all i like that and i can confirm there is fanfic about that i like that that's it's a good theory i thank you i coined it don't let the internet fool you i coined it just now i never will
Thank it was you. you. Thank y'all. But that's an interesting point that you made, though, because it is Steve Rogers that's selling it. Like, when he, like, okay, when he's scrawny and little, you don't really buy it. But when he turns into the super soldier, he literally looks, and it's part of why I think people buy into him as, like, the symbol of, you know, whatever in the movie, in the movie is because he, is because he literally looks like the all-American boy, which Chris oh, yeah. Evans looks like the all-American boy. It's yeah. not oh, girl. just like it's makeup. makeup. It's just it's how Chris, Chris Evans looks. looks. And it's probably because he's, like, he's from, like Massachusetts from Massachusetts and stuff, and his dad's a dentist. Whatever, it's not the point. So... Chris Evans is, like... He is the all-American boy, though, right? Yeah. So, I think that is an interesting point that you make, Maddie, though, because it is... It is... Steve Rogers, Steve Rogers who is selling, selling it. Yes, he's yes, in a costume. Yes, he has a shiny, shiny shield. shield. Well, actually, it wasn't like... Whatever. whatever. A shiny it shield. Was so, so, he may, he have, may all have all these things, things but you wouldn't believe him if he wasn't, wasn't like, selling, selling it, it himself. If he, he, like, if he didn't believe it, you wouldn't believe it. Oh, yeah. I think... And he has even said in interviews, like, he was very nervous to take this on. But I think it was kind of the perfect casting just because it, it was Steve... Be but Steve himself... Steve himself would have been scared to take it on because Steve himself didn't think that he was like, even when they were trotting him out at USO shows and like making him the symbol, he didn't really feel comfortable doing that. Like it wasn't him. And so I think it was, it was kind of perfect because I'm like, oh, you are the same person. Because you're doing exactly what the character would have done. Like, yes. Oh, I like that. Oh, I like that. And it's one of the things that I always think it's cool that, like, Chris Evans talks about, like, playing Steve makes me want to be a better person. Because Steve Rogers really is, I don't know if you have people in your life that you're like, you know, where it's, is this person really that nice? And they actually are. Like, Steve, in the fictional sense, Steve Rogers is one of those people. And... Especially, I will say, as someone who is single, that sometimes when you're scrolling through and having interactions with men, you're just like, oh my gosh. Like, why does Steve have to be fictional? <laughs> but Steve Rogers is... Because he is that nice. But he's he's the most, like, I don't know, even, even when he fights with Tony later, it's for, like, he's not doing it to be a jerk. He's doing There's it because no malice to it. It's, no, it's just he thinks. Yeah, he is yes. fully arguing his point, his point because he believes that that's that what's that right, and he and believes he what he's saying is what's right for everyone. everyone. Yes. Some, because a lot of the time, and like if you look at Civil War, it's kind of. Um, the singular, the singular versus, versus the collective. collective. Like, that's oh, kind that's of what kind the, of opposition the opposition is. is. Like, yep. Tony, Tony is very singular, singular and, and Cap, Cap is very collective. collective. Like, in like, all their in beliefs. All their like, beliefs. Like, like, it doesn't it advance doesn't Tony. Tony. He's probably not going to do it. Like, he doesn't... Like he doesn't yeah, yeah, he's yeah, Iron Man. Yes, he does all these great things. But first and foremost on Tony Stark's mind is Tony Stark. Absolutely. Whereas Captain America, first and foremost on his mind is making sure everyone is okay. And don't come for us, Tony Stans, I swear, I get it. He had character growth, and he, yes, at the end, he, he came back, and we're all good. We're good. We're cool. We're good. He we're sacrificed cool. himself in the end. We hear I you. wept. I cried off all my marbles. I oh, so did I. lost my marbles. Yep. I get it. Don't worry. We, we love him, too. We do. But, but no, no, no. Well, and the thing with Cap, and I mean, we'll get into this with the end of, of First Avenger, but... He was so, he so believed in the cause and so believed in like what he was doing. And yeah. they basically just slapped him in the face. 
they hid from him. I mean, he was willing to give everything and they hid from him that, you know, he'd been frozen in ice for however many years and surprise, it's 1990 or 2000 or whatever. Like, we're going to focus on the first movie, but we'll have enough rabbit trails to kind of talk about, like, his arc as a whole. Um, But I think what is so fascinating, now that we have the retrospect of seeing the entire journey start to finish of where it goes, that, like, having Dr. Dr. Erkstein is such a, like, underrated as far as, like, important part of his journey. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Of just he need like, like Steve, Steve was like was a like poor because it's, it's not just like it, just some kid from Brooklyn like but like, like he wasn't of means and like there like there were other circumstances besides just like the sickly part of it that you know he needed someone to just give him a shot yep and you know he was artistic and like sensitive but still he had the core values that Erks I knew like he needed his super soldier to have and but he was the only person really to see it because even um uh, i always just call him colonel tommy lee jones but i know right <laughs> all right phillips phillips phillips, colonel phillips. Yes. phillips i never know his name because like well, tommy lee jones in another role that he's played as, as someone who reads steggy pan fanfic like at least twice a month um i should know that but i usually alas. go with like colonel two-face which is crossing streams, I know, but, like, that's, I don't know, that's what I know. It it all starts to blur, but anywho, that, like, I feel like, like but I think, if we're going to be honest, a lot of it comes around to see, but, yeah, it's true. There's a lot of characters in the MCU, you just know as the A-list actor who plays them. Because it's like, Rachel McAdams is there for a hot second as Uh Dr. Strange's girlfriend, and then she goes away, and you're like, I know, I can't. Rachel McAdams. Although I will say, the other day, I was sitting here, and I don't know what I, I don't know why it came up, but I thought of, uh, oh, I don't remember which, I think it's the first Avengers, where Thor calls Coulson son of cool, because he thinks it's like, he's Cool's son, so he calls him son of cool, and I'm, oh, that gets me every time. Alas, but um, that's that's something too of just kind of bringing it back of even when sometimes it's wasted. Something that makes MCU great is the level of talent that they were able to bring onto this because this is still even phase one of like this is early on. Oh yeah, but yeah. still getting like Tommy Lee Jones, Stanley Tucci, really good actors. Well, I think like because Chris Evans is great as this, and like Haley Atwell had done like some period pieces and different things but she really gets to shine here yeah i think it's interesting that you say that because like now everyone wants to be in a marvel movie oh yeah everyone wants to be in it but like you said this was that first that first phase where like only three movies had been out yeah only three movies and we don't talk about that horrible edward norton hulk because it made no sense in goodbye but it also has no bearing on this but it was really just three movies and i think a lot of it honestly might have had to do with robert downey jr because you know they saw him and they were like yep Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm interested because, because what he's what done he's with the first two Iron movies are great. Because if you think about the timeline of how it takes for like movies to develop, so this, yeah, like yeah. TFA, TFA comes out 2011, 
So it probably would be kind of right, either right before or around the time that the first Iron Man comes out, but then that's kind of once you see, oh, this happened. So that's where you kind of have the direct correlation of it's other people seeing what that movie did. And like, okay, I could be a part of that. And then this one's like a cool period piece from the guy that did The Rocketeer, which is also a wonderful gem. And I think that has a lot to do with it too, because like he, 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 like he did October Sky, he had done Jumanji, he had done Honey, I Shrunk the Like he, Jurassic Park 3, he had done so many that I think people were like, trusting more trusting in the director more, the director more than anything more else. And also, I do still think, I still do think it had to do a lot with Robert Downey Jr. bringing Iron Man back the way he did. Well, and that so was kind of, like, it was RDJ and Favreau, so it's kind of that, yeah. like, the talent and director combo that, like, makes things work. Mm-hmm. Well, and it can't hurt that, like, really, this was, this brought Robert Downey Jr. back. No, like, it 100% back back. did. Like, he was, like, he was off the off grid, grid because, because he, you know, had done a lot had of issues things. and, yeah, he needed to work through. That he, mm-hmm, sure, we'll go with that. And um, he, fu- he fell off the map. He was, like, an 80s darling and then, you know, really went down in a spiral. And then this, literally, Iron Man is what, why we have Robert, Jr., Robert Downey Jr. the way we have him now. Yep. Like, all these movies he's made since would not have happened without Iron Man. Yeah. Even the dumpster fire that is Doolittle. But I've not seen it because I'm scared. You got a lot of Disney money for that, and that's okay. No, it's not Disney. I thought it was Disney. No, it's Universal. It was the follow-up to Cats. They released both of those within a month of each other. Well, that was a bad choice because Cats was terrifying. That was their fault that So, we will get on topic after this, but... That's awful. May I repeat, Doolittle ends with Robert Downey Jr. giving a dragon a colonoscopy. Nope. I think I might have thought it was That's Disney. a thing that actually happens. I think Happen I might have thought it was Disney because I saw that first time in a trailer with um, Maleficent, the second one. Yeah. And, that's, and they're usually predominantly Disney movies, and they may, might have, like, thrown that one in there because it's family, too. That's probably what threw me. You know what? That's probably it. Anyway, he got a lot of money for it. It was a passion project, but <laughs> sure, we'll go with that. That giraffe colonoscopy, it's what he's always dreamed of. Oh, no, weirdly. Okay, um, I'll, I'll talk to you later. It's just, it's fascinating. There's so many layers to it. But, uh, anywho, back to Cap. That, yeah, so we kind of gotten into, like, why we like skinny feet. And one thing I will say as well, in the same vein of, you know, we were saying it's great that, like, Peggy's interested and respects Steve and has like affection for him through Skinny Steve. I will say as well, not just a shallow fan girl here, as much as I will admit, Chris Evans is a very nice looking human being. That I was on board with Steve Rogers even as like during the Skinny Steve phase. I was like, okay, yeah, I love this character. And so, um, in particular, so there's a scene in the training camp. That I think I kind of attribute it as the moment that, like, Peggy gets interested in him. That, 
you know, when they're running around and it's whoever gets to the top of the flagpole can, like, ride back in the car with Agent Carter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so all, all the other soldiers are trying to, like, tackle each other to climb up the thing and they keep flipping and all of that. And then Steve just looks at it and then sees the lever at the bottom that, like, takes it from its hinge and just pulls it out and has it fall down. And you're like, see, our boy is smart. And he just grabs the flag and doesn't even, like, ask. He just immediately walks into the truck and sits next to Peggy. And you're just like... Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. You gotta be into you, you gotta be, you know, gotta be smart. Because, like, people try to, like, say, you know, the cap is a square, like, is boring or all of that. But, like, Steve has some sass to him. He does. And, and that's I, kind of the first moment you really kind of see it of just, like, he has jokes. His like, sarcasm is so subtle. It's just, like, it's subtle sarcasm to just kind of cope through, like, being a skinny, sickly asthmatic in the 30s and 40s. Like, well, you have to have, like, some sense of humor to be able to survive that. So. It's not just that. Like, he was an orphan. So yeah. he's had to figure out a way to be smarter than everybody else because he's not bigger than they are. No. No. So he has to figure out a way to survive. And I think people always, I know, it's always like, oh, he's so boring. He doesn't have any real powers. And I'm like, okay. Being smart is a power. Being, Being smart good is, is a, power. a power. That's literally the crux of Tony Stark. Right? <laughs> Without his but genius, he wouldn't be where he's at. That's where I want to be, like, having, like, conviction should also be a power. Or being, like, super flawed and, like, an anti-hero is the only way a character is interesting. And you're like, yeah. no, a character yeah. doesn't have to be a jerk to be interesting. Exactly. He can be a good guy that just knows how to get to the top of flagpole first. Mm-hmm. And so, and so I love I that. Love but then yeah, let's be real. Let's let's, let's get, get to it. it that then the transformation happens. <laughs> and I love the little moments in it as far as right beforehand because it is kind of the last interactions that you know he gets with Urkine. And so that he's like, okay, I can do this. And he's just like, that was penicillin. Like, dude, yeah. you're. You're so not ready for this, but we're still going ahead with this. Like, kind of, uh, everyone's just kind of super nervous. And, but well, because just, they don't like, know if it's going to for sure work. Yeah, like, he might, he might explode. He might come out purple. Like, you, you don't, don't know, know what's going to happen. You don't know. Literally, player's choice. And so, um, one parallel I kind of love, um, someone brought it up after Endgame and kind of doing the discussion. So, um, at first, when they're bring the machine up to full power and then it like really hits and Steve starts screaming and everyone's freaking out and like Peggy's immediately like shut it down you're hurting my baby boy that um but he he speaks up for himself and is like no I can do this and then they keep going that um at first um in Endgame, when Bruce Banner puts the Iron Man gauntlet with all the stones on it to do the snap, he, like, falls down, and it's, like, the power surging through him, and, like, it, he's visibly in pain, and so people are freaking out of, like, take it off, take it off. But he has that moment of, like, kind of that hero's moment to pause and be like, no, I got this, and keep on. But you kind of first get to, it was a cool callback to Steve's first moment of really getting to have that level of heroism well really just stepping up to the plate of nope this is this is going down we're doing this do you remember when he falls on the grenade though before that yeah i feel like that is a super transformative moment for him too like this is this is a big moment 
Mm-hmm. But Skinny Steve is like, let me sacrifice my body for all of you <laughs> while I lay down on this grenade so I can explode. And I think that's what really hammered it into even, like, Phillips. And... Oh, yeah. That was the yeah. moment where they were all like, nailed it. He's the one. Yep. And that even Peggy's just like, yep, that he's. He's our Simba. Put him in the thing. He just. That just it's... the people underestimated him, but nope, he's, he's a hero. He's great. Yes. I lo- and and so... that's, what, like, such an important thing, too. Like, all those other people who were like, I got, I got this, this. and they're all jacked and doing all this stuff, stuff. And, it's like, and it's like, no, no this sickly this little itty bitty guy over guy here is here. smart, smart. He, is he is not, not uh, self-absorbed, he's, he's actually, actually a team, a team player, player and willing to protect, to protect all the people, all around, the people around him, him. Yep. So, so absolutely, let's go with, let's go with the, skinny the skinny kid. Yep, but then they put him in, and that, the whole, I know, okay, I knew how it was going to turn out, but at the same time, I was like, please don't hurt him. Please don't hurt him. Please let him come out. Because, yeah, they didn't know. It's the 40s. Like, that kind of technology is, well, it literally is the stuff of fiction. But even if you're inserting yourself into this world of, like, it's completely crazy what they're doing. And so, because... I, at least as far as Erksine even knows, the last time I did is I created Red Skull. Like, hopefully this works. Yeah, and that's what happens when you pick the biggest and the baddest guy to go in the machine. Exactly. You get a crazy evil Nazi. Yep. But that is not what comes out of the oven this time. No, it's not. No. Did you know there was a girl hired to, like, water him? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's like, a, that's like on, a, every on every movie The Rock does, does there's a girl who's there, there to oil him specifically, and I'm like, where do I sign up? Right? Like, what does that job listing look like? Exactly. Yeah, it's I a certain subset of, like, makeup things, because it's, like, either oiling someone or in the inverse of, like, I know with, like, Outlander, there's, like, someone that, like, kind of does, like, the strategic dirt yeah. uh-huh. and stuff for Jamie Fraser. I don't want to yeah. do the dirt. I want to spray Chris Evans. I will miss her. A little bit. Well, I would do it. around with a little spray. I would do it for free. I would do it for free. You don't even have to pay me. I would pay them. <laughs> right? Please take my money. You can make up on your budget if that way just, like, people pay to miss your cast. Right? Like, there we go. I, did you hear that, Disney? I've come up with a way for you to save money. <laughs> Thoughts? Then You're just welcome. throwing it out there. We'll Don't worry, Hollywood. we're saving you money. <laughs> so, anywho, it opens up and shining, shimmering, splendid. That literally, you know, I, I brought in a whole new world reference in there because we're we're doing all kinds of references today. But yeah, it's it's a moment. Like, so for perspective, this is kind of when Maddie's type shifted a little bit because previously like my celebrity crushes were more like the skinny lanky arty types of a, a Joe Jonas or a Damon Salvatore and then then this happened and like I, I realized the error of my ways and yeah it's it's a lot to take in that because I was yeah, I'm trying to think. This was kind of summarized around like 18. So yeah, 
Oh dear, did we lose Megan? I don't. Um, I think she muted. Oh, I don't know. Uh, no, it was nine, oh, 2000, 2000, 2011 is when it came. Yes. So I think she'll be able to rejoin us. So oh gosh, I was old at that point. It's a good thing that he's my age group. I don't feel yes, bad. Yes, he's more in your proper age range. Yeah. So yeah, he is. He's like six months older than I am. Trust me, I've looked it up. It's not healthy. You know, we all do it of like looking up ages and looking up heights and uh-huh. it's kind of so, um, you know, you brought up earlier that like your daughter's getting into HSM right now. I remember when HSM came out and one of the first things I Googled as a middle schooler was Zac Efron's height and then I, I found out that I was taller oh, nope. than Zac Efron as a eighth grader. Tap out. And then I was like, yeah, that's like <laughs> it any... Is. It's always very disappointing. It's always very disappointing. Indeed. When you find out that they're shorter. Um, imagine me meeting Daniel Radcliffe. Imagine me meeting Daniel Radcliffe and noting that I am his height. When I met... Tiny boy. When I met Chris Evans, I wore the flattest shoes I owned. Like, they were basically... I could have... It's like walking on paper. (laughs) <laughs> and I would have gone barefoot if I had to because I was I refused to be taller. I was like, no, I will not do this to myself. I will not. This is my moment. I'm not going to be bigger than him. He is going to be bigger than me. And he was. Yes, because sidebar here while we're talking as far as like this glorious moment on the initial Chris Evans as Captain America reveal. Like Shannon here has actually met Chris Evans. I did, society. and I survived survived like you were saying you're pretty sure you blacked out like i'm pretty sure that i had an out-of-body experience and that just my like shell met him and my soul was like hovering in the beyond i for sure had that experience before a comic-con and it is terrifying yeah <laughs> because you're like oh really that's not how special. i saw that going in my head no like, <laughs> i thought it'd be much that. cooler Doing enough cons and things of, like, there's, like, normal people good-looking, and then there's, like, TV good-looking, and then there is, like, a list celebrity of just, like, just so, sheer presence and charisma of just that when you're, like, see it actually in oh. person in the flesh, you're just, like... <gasps> but the thing is, is mine, it was, like, it was a panel. It was, like, a very long signing line of, like, nope. ten actors before I got to the final actor, and I was, like fine with everyone and then i was like i'm not fine it was so this was the same thing i've ever experienced this was right before civil war came out civil war or winter soldier winter soldier winter soldier was the second one no no no, i know i just can't it's one of them it was not the first one it was either i can't remember which one (laughs) By the but way, it was not the first, but it was another it one. It was one of the other ones. But I met, it was, I met Sebastian Stan, which I snort laughed when I met Sebastian Stan. So <laughs> that's how cool I was in that situation. Um, and he Gross. was very, oh God, Sebastian Stan, like he smirks at you and you just want to die. Oh, I but, bet. Um, but, and then I met Haley and she was awesome. And I met Anthony Mackie, who's super cool and was like, oh my God, I die for Anthony Mackie. But he is Chris one of Evans, my favorites. So here's the thing with Chris Evans. He, the people that were, you know, when you go to a con, it's like a cattle call and they're trying to like shove people through. Yeah. And Chris Evans keeps like, he kind of was like, let them hug me. It's fine. I'm fine. They can hug me. I'm not, they're not asking for money. 
And I was like, I mean, See? I'll throw money at him. But... I would. I really, I would have given him money on my own. I mean, that's just neither here nor there, though. But it was just super funny that um, people were so, like, they were, it was his first con ever outside of San Diego. So they were trying to be protective. And, and they were very protective. And I think he was just kind of like, look, everybody just, they, he's like, I get it. People, it's, it's something that people look forward to. Like, I don't want you to, like, shove them through. It's fine. But yeah, Sebastian Stan was, oh, like, Chris Evans, trust me, I, I really, I still can't remember what I said. I have no idea. No, I really hope you, it wasn't Blackout weird. is real. I really blackout hope it wasn't crazy. Real. But Sebastian Stan smirked at me, and I legitimately snort laughed, and the <laughs> the security guard was like, you okay, honey? And I was like, hee, 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 I would have done the same thing. I, I don't know. I didn't know what to do. Like, my hands were just, like, out there, like, I feel like that was a thing where, like, in your head, you're like, if Sebastian Stan smirked at me, I'd be like, oh, do you have plans later? But in in practice, you're like, oh. (laughs) It was, I I had a meltdown. No chill. It's fine. So, I will say, as far as in terms of, like, lack of chill moments, I am usually not one to ogle anyone in public as far as my my ability to like keep chill especially in the realm of boys is high let's just say that but there was one time i was at disneyland and it was the captain america meet meet and greet so once again not even press ovens but it's still like the character and you have to have like with disney characters you still have to have like this close enough build as possible to like match what people are imagining for it so the, the face actor who's with this I was literally going to be the next person and then they're like okay Cap needs to take a break and like he was leaving and so it literally was the like hate for you to leave but love to watch you go type thing so I was about to head out but I was still watching Cap leave but I was walking over to someone else and so I literally walked into a pole and fell backwards and landed on the ground no one else noticed like, and I thought, oh, good. Like, this is a completely embarrassing moment. Like, I'm all in the clear. Like, everyone else is just absorbed in their own Disneyland activities. They didn't notice me completely. Just, like, eat it in an act of Captain America thirst. But then I look over, and for character integrity, I'll just say it's the character, that I turn over, and Spider-Man just makes basically direct eye contact with me and then does a thumbs up. <laughs> And then, <laughs> that's such a Peter Parker thing to do. It is though. It is, which kind of made it because like Peter would recognize it's like I respect you, random girl who was thirsting over Captain America to the point of like walking into a pole and falling down. But wow, you guys are so much less embarrassing than me. I give you a thumbs up to make me fe- make you feel better. Right. I literally met the cast of Immortals. Do you guys remember that movie? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, okay, so I. You saw Henry Cavill? Okay, so hear me out. So I, um, at this time, prior to new knowledge that I have now, um, which is not great knowledge, um, was obsessed with him. Like, I would watch the tutors and would not know anything that was said because I was so lost in, like, the sound of his voice that I was like, I don't even know what you said. I have to rewind. And this happened, like periodically throughout the series where I'd be like oh god I have to rewind again and so I loved that show I thought it was great I loved him and whatever else he'd been like he was in the Count of Monte Cristo and he'd been in some other stuff so like at the time 
Henry Cavill was like tops for me, number one ever. And so when I found out that they had, when I found out that they had a meet and greet at Comic-Con, I was like, I will do whatever it takes to get there. Mm -hmm. So I ended up waiting. It was like a, one of those things where it's literally luck of the draw and either you pulled a wristband or you didn't. And so the girl behind me and then the girl behind her both pulled wristbands and they'd been sitting with me for like four hours by then. So they're like, here, just take one of ours. And I was like, cool, thanks. So the girl behind me ended up going with me and I'm fine talking to everyone. I'm fine talking to Frida Pinto. I'm fine talking to Luke Evans. I'm fine. Well, every Kellen Lutz, everyone. And I was like obsessed with Kellen Lutz too. So I get down to Luke Evans and we're chatting and it's really nice. And literally my whole back is to Henry Cavill because I'm like, I won't look at you. I will not look at you. And, like, you can it's see like him. It's like the of the Covenant. And he's literally trying to say hello to me, and I refuse to look at him. Like, my whole body is just into Luke Evans, and I'm like, hello, how are you, sir? It's a, it's a great day. Lovely weather we're having here in San Diego. And he's being so nice, and then you can see, like, him pull my poster and sign it, and he's trying to say hi to me, and I'm like, okay, don't be rude, don't be rude, don't be rude. Okay, don't be rude. Okay, look at him, look at him. And he said, he said, hi, how are you? I turned the color of ketchup, giggled, and ran out of the room. And mind you, they only let 10 people into the room at a time. So everyone watched me run off. And then I get out there. And the girl who I'm friends with now, she's a lovely human being. She gets out there behind me and she's like, what was that? And I fell to the ground. And I was like, I don't know. It was literally they only let ten of us in the room at a time, so the whole cast watched me sprint out. We're like, oh god, what's wrong with that girl? She was so nice when we talked to her. Yeah, she seems normal. She seemed normal until then, and I was like, oh my god, what did I do? It's okay. He's not my tops anymore because he dates. Anyway, that's not the point. <clears throat> new knowledge, new knowledge, new knowledge. But it was, you guys were far less embarrassing than I was. Oh, I don't know. That snore laugh. I swear, I will never forget. <laughs> the security guard, like, literally touched my arm. He's like, are you okay? <laughs> I'm fine. Don't. It was, that was, are you fine? Chill. Like, that, so, I will say in the other list of con experiences that Shannon has had that I'm also jealous of. Well, yes, we're, we're completely sidetracked at this point, but it, it's MCU connected. So, um, John Berthal of The Punisher, that I know oh. you got to meet him at a con as well. And okay, so listen, 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 listen. When you go meet him, he's super nice, but he calls everybody. He's like, How are you doing, sweetheart? And I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> Yeah, he's our mama. Yeah, that's he did that to our friend Bree, and she I thought she was gonna die. I was like, Are you breathing? Are you alive? Are you okay? Um, but we did the same thing because the dude just wore a sweatshirt without I know. a shirt underneath, and you're just like, It was, Sir. A, it was very just, it was a lot for me and my brain. He was very nice, though. He was super duper also nice. Also, a zip up sweatshirt where then you're just like, Oh, yes. wow, that changes things. It was yes. one of those things where I was like, Sir, like. This could change at any moment. This can really go one of two ways, and I'm thinking, I'm hoping it's the second way. There's just so many possibilities. <laughs> that, and that's when you're just like, you're trying to rein it in, and that's why I just, I love so sincerely that Haley Atwell, in the same, she's like, I try to be all professional, but then he shows up all gleaming, and like, 
I was just supposed to like do my lines and we, we would talk of like maybe like touch his arm but like I, I instead of like the arm I like went in and just like immediately touched the man boob because it's just it was like, right there. The whole peck situation. It just it was right there. But I feel and like anyone would have done that. Completely unconscious it was of just like, ah, yeah, that. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I felt that. I felt it. Ooh, uh, mm-hmm. girl, she had more self control than I would have. Yeah, it would have been. They would. You know what? So it still was enough that I was able to be like used as like a character moment. But and that's so... what makes it so funny. Like it was such. It, yes, it was a very uh, what's it, organic moment. But it was so something like. It they was were just, so it was in character. Everyone's just like girls. Yes. Same. But not only that, like it's something she would have. It's something we both. Yeah, it was very in character. I loved it. Yes, it's possibly one of you my can favorite. Also imagine if like she does it unconsciously, and then like in like the internal monologue of like get it together, Carter. But I think also it is like a thing that if that were to be presented to you, and you saw you when you saw him go into the easy bake oven, and you saw him come out, you're like, oh, that's. Okay. Okay. Uh, you would want to touch it too. Those are the best brownies I've ever made. <laughs> right? You would want to touch it because you'd be like, how? How? Is it real? How? Is it? Is it? Can I, like, can is I touch it? it? Real? Like. And so it's a lot. And then we get as far as sadly, this is when Stanley Tucci leaves us. And so. Although he is coming back in Marvel's What If, and I am so excited for it because. It's basically animated series that essentially they're, to use fanfic terms, they're basically just doing AUs, like scenarios, and so basically one of them is what if Peggy got the serum instead of Steve, and then Steve just kind of has like a early version of an Iron Man suit, and but what's cool about it is even though it's animated, they are bringing all of the original actors back, so they're getting Steve as Dr. Erksine. Because so. that's one of those things where you're mad that he had a small role. You're yeah. like, why couldn't you have one of the bigger ones that shows up throughout the whole series of them? I keep hoping that, like, when they did the whole, when they went back in time in uh, Endgame, I was like, Stanley Tucci there, where's Stanley Tucci? Get <laughs> Stanley Tucci. He wasn't there. He was fine. not, sadly. It's fine. I understand, Marvel. It's fine. Because everything is better with Stanley Tucci. It's just... It is. It is. And, yeah, so we say goodbye to him, and that's kind of, that is one of the first, it's a pivotal moment because it's the first time right off the bat Steve's having to pay for being Captain America. Like, that is one of the tragic things about, like, his journey is just, like, he gets this great gift, seemingly, of, you know, he's physically stronger, all his ailments are healed, and he's able to, like, fulfill his calling and what he feels like he's meant to do but he just keeps losing people yeah and like literally he's only capped for like two minutes and then the place gets bombed and like Arcsine dies and so, but one part of it is that so he loses people but he still just has the duty of being Captain America that he can't even focus on it and just has to keep going and do whatever he's meant to do so like he's barely like has a chance to mourn and has to run after the like the hydro agent that caused the bomb and so you only get like 10 seconds of him actually being like broken up and sad about it and then 
like just having to like shut that down, compartmentalize, go into rage mode, and like chase this dude down. Yeah. And I really do love the chase sequence because you get great moments from Peggy, and then like also just that like he's not entirely used to this new body, so like he's falling into stuff. And when he like drops it through the building, he apologizes. He's like, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> because like the hand-eye coordination is kind of adjusting of like, oh, this is well, me now. It takes Got it, it takes a minute to go from you know str- small and skinny to being that An Adonis. <laughs> yeah, it takes a minute. Yeah, your center of gravity's off. Yeah, so yeah, that's, that's often, but then I, I love I the love moment with the little boy, boy when, because, like, the Hydra dude tries to use, like, a little boy as collateral and all of that, and throws the kid into the water to, like, buy time to escape, and the little kid's like, it's okay, mister, I can swim, and it's such a, like, great, like, moment of getting that feel of the era, of not just the setting, but also of media from that time that it's kind of that, like, G. Willikers kid from the old movie Yeah. that kind of helps just give that vibe of cinema, and so I just, I, I do really like that chase sequence, but it really is fascinating when you put it in perspective of, yeah, Steve gets skiffed, but, like, it's just, he starts losing things, like, he starts paying for them pretty much right off the bat. Well, and then right away, they're like, oh, we don't know what's gonna happen, so instead of, like, letting you do something useful, you're gonna go sell war bonds! And just, like, here's an Alan Menken musical number, right? Because everything needs an Alan Menken musical number. Go make us some money. But when you think about it, though, in terms of World War II, they needed that sort of propaganda in order to rally people. Like, they yes. had to figure something out, and that was, in yes. this universe, the what they could use to inspire people to take up the cause, or help the cause, or... Kind of in that same time was, the, like, the original Captain America comics kind of served that same purpose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just so disappointing for him, like, you can see it on his face, because he really, he did this so that he could help, like, so he could do something. Not so he could be pretty, you Yeah. Know? And Though so, he is. Which he, he is. is. Which he very much is. And so, like, then you get the montage, which does kind of help, like, move things along in that it is, like, super well shot and a lot of fun. And, and it is important to the story, because you do need to see that. Yes. And I also love, it's a great way of, like, adaptation, and so it shows that, that like, the iconic costume that... The fans want to see because comics that um, it still gets to be there because it is a silly costume. Oh yeah, and so it is kind of with the little like the wings on the helmet and that kind of stuff that it can look ridiculous because it is ridiculous, and then it's slowly adapted to kind of be more utilitarian, but still kind of have the vibe and everything that is associated with like Steve like Captain America's look. It got so much more form fitting. That it did. Thank you, costumers. Sorry, I, I was just distracted. I've, I I just started thinking of Endgame of just that like See, I back like, on, like the Avengers. No, sort of I like his I'm sorry, Captain Rogers, but that uniform didn't do it for you. Right? No, I like the in, or I like the Infinity War one the best, I think. Mm, yes. yes. With the arm shields. 
Yeah, then because forearms, like yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, um, we'll get into that when we talk about Steve's arc as a whole. And it's funny how like that is the interesting thing about being a Captain America fan is that you kind of balance out the superficial of just like pretty. Well, because when um, you think about it, what, with, what like, like what happened after that very first. Cap- that very first Avengers movie. What did everyone say? God bless the person who thought it would be a good idea to slowly come up at Steve Rogers from behind. Right? Yes. Like, we applaud whoever like, thought that was the shot, because it was. It was the shot. They did a good job. Kind of going back and forth between the superficial things, and then also, like, storytelling and cinema technique and all that. But, like, that moment is both, like great like it's a great cinematically shot for like establishing but also (laughs) yes yeah (laughs) but once we kind of get through that then you get to i love because then you get the stark contrast of like from this jazzy alan macon musical number to when he's trying to do the same act actually on the front lines and they're not buying it because they're in like literal war right they're like bruh (laughs) Wrong Dude, audience. We're, we're like actually fighting, and they're like, "Read the room, please, please." Read the room. At least bring out the pretty girls, because that's at least something that like we don't get up here, yeah. right? And so, what's kind of been festering in Steve just kind of hits an all-time high of just like, "This is not what I meant to do." Yep. And I know it's wrong, but I feel stuck. And then, what makes? I ship Steve and Peggy so much because their partnership makes them better is that she is the one to kind of be like yeah this isn't what you're meant to do like you're better than this and so step up and like do something about it and so she kind of pushes him but like she's also not completely judging him she just knows like he feels stuck but that he he's called for more Oh yeah, and that Erksine wanted more for him and so then we get our big conflict as far as the 107th, which is where Bucky is, have been captured by Hydra. And so we need someone to rescue. Side note, before we even go further, because we've talked about the Stanley Tucci of it all, who was severely underutilized. But that's not the point. I feel like it is not widely discussed enough about the Hugo weaving of it all. Oh yeah, girl. Because I saw this, okay, so I saw this movie. Yeah, Hugo Weaving and Toby Jones of just like. Yes, I saw this movie in theaters. Yes, I saw this movie in theaters with my best friend, and who we both feel very strongly about Captain America in specific ways. And um, we we both saw it, and we're both huge, massive Lord of the Rings fans. So we're sitting here, and we're like, oh, you're real far from Riven. Right, like he's. Ooh, I feel like, and I've had this discussion with multiple people before, and it in it that or in that Hugo Weaving does not get the proper respect. No, he doesn't. Because everyone likes to talk about Marvel's villain problem, and yeah, there are some unforgettable villains, like looking at you, Thor: The Dark World, but Ugh. like the evil that's elves. always a Christopher Eccleston. But like, I don't believe a doctor's evil. So bye, <laughs> poor Cassie. Yeah. But it's one of those things where Red Skull is a compelling villain. Like, oh yeah, 
it, it's campy and it is kind of like it's it's going big with the performance but it's what it needs oh yeah he's an insane psycho nazi monster with a skull head like, and how many times and how throughout how many movies did they talk still about hydra oh so many i mean they have like an entire freaking show that went into hydra exactly so it's like he oh and it just ooh, it makes me so mad because of all like these really horrible you know villains that they've had throughout you know whatever why don't we talk enough about how good he was because he's, he's so legitimately is horrible granted also, he's you know a science experiment too i know it's not the point of like endgame they needed to wrap things up but then like when steve goes back to take the stone yep how does he react when he sees the red skull at the soul stone of just right. like right i was Barton didn't warn me about this like wtf i was like uh that guy's hit back okay hi how are you how you doing long time no see even though i still want to punch you right because like it's just the cool thing about red skull that i don't think enough people pay attention to is that the way that they he's he's directly juxtaposed with steve obviously yeah and so the fact that so many but so many people don't even know that like so many people do not realize that i'm like look they went under the same experiment and it's like two halves of the same coin almost they're foils and like Mm -hmm. and it's so cool because it shows you like the good if you're a good sold person like this is what can come out of it and if you're a bad sold person like this is what can come out of it and oh, everybody's yeah. always like, oh, the red face guy. And I'm like, yeah, him. And also how they how they put off showing, the like, the literal red skull. Because yeah. then you get the, like, the portrait scene where you don't see him, but you see the poor painter guy that's, like, freaked. It was so scary. And it's just like, uh, I'm just a painter, and I'm now, like, working for, like, Nazi cults. Right. There was that's a lot good. of help me behind his eyes. Yeah. But only behind his eyes, because he knew he couldn't say it out loud. Yeah, no. No. But I do think that is something that people don't realize, is that literally they went through the same experiment. And if you... Because, you know, okay, if you're going into this being a comic book fan, which, of course, we all know, because when something's wrong, they show out on Twitter. Oh, yes. But, I mean, a lot of people do come at it from comics, but someone like me who's only now getting into like graphic novels if they interest me i've never like particularly read a comic uh i've never read comics really um and so when you're coming at it without that knowledge you know you're not off you're not always going to pick up on those parallels yeah because i know that there are plenty of people who are probably listening to this and being like oh my god really yeah like, because I think because it's not something that they make enough of a big deal about. Which they should. Because they literally went through the same experiment. And they came out completely different. It should have been, like, a really big, like, It should have been, like, one of the, like, biggest points of the film. But it wasn't. Like a wasn't. really big sign. Right. And, like, I wish they would have almost acknowledged that. And been, yeah. like, Steve could have been, like... Um, so, why did you turn out that way and I turned out this way? Right. Because we did this, and, like, we did the same thing, though. Yeah. Well, they kind of spell it out in the beginning when Erkstein is, like, good becomes bad, bad becomes worse. 
as they show like his face burn up and become the red skull and stuff and it's like it's surprisingly subtle in how they're like showing it where then the people that miss it you're like oh so does marvel need to be less subtle because yeah they need to be more it that right there is if you knew what was going on or if you went back and watched it multiple times you would catch on but if you had no idea going in. You were like, oh, wait, what? Right, Did that's what I'm saying. Thing? Like, That's what I'm saying. If you came at it from the comics, it makes sense right away. Yeah. But if you come at it without that knowledge, like a lot of people have. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people come at these Marvel movies because of... The humor. The humor and like... The stars. The graphics and the cool fight scenes and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So when you come at it without that knowledge, it's kind of like, huh? If they came for Stanley Tucci, they were upset. That that is a very small Venn diagram. <laughs> that that, that is a gang. That is a very small Venn diagram. Elderly, more it's some lady somewhere was like, "Why was I was told Stanley Tucci was in this movie?" Right? Um, it's like a very very well. Very I got my dad to see this one because it's like it's World War Two. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Oh yeah, I got that's how I got my dad to do it too, and he was like, "Wait, what?" He's like, "That's not is that an alien?" And I was like, "No, dad, it's not an alien." God, well, what dad. is it? I was like, "It's it's a bad guy." He's Pay like, attention. "Why is he dead?" I was like, "Because, because he's he like burned his face off." Basically. Yeah, but he was the because my dad is oh god seventy four. And so at the time, he was like, did you bring me to some silly alien movie? And I was like, no, I swear. It's I'm about World War II. <laughs> it's World War II. Exactly. It's There's just a piece. superhero there. Let it happen. I love I, it. I feel like us keeping on saying, like, Captain America is a period piece is kind of like how film Twitter, or more like um, the superhero, like, side of film twitter kept on trying to like legitimize logan by being you know logan is a western no no it's like saying not. firefly is a western and i'm like no i actually just watched that yeah mm, maybe but, like, like a couple months actually, ago and i don't i don't buy like, that yeah. yeah well yeah i mean it's entirely it's set in oh, world yeah. war Two. so yeah the the dichotomy between those two like and the way they kind of cut like the, the like the structure of the film of having like specific scenes of Steve and Red Skull like back to back like it really does kind of highlight the differences between who at the core these people are absolutely and then so now we're moving on to the rescue and I love the plane scene because you get the like the cute little misunderstanding because you know Howard's being Howard and being kind of like flirting with Peggy even though it's like it's one of those things where you can tell it's like the French where it's like it's flirty but it's not going anywhere by any means because it's just like dude no and she's like can you not feel the vibe off of here and so like the misunderstanding because Steve thinks fondue doesn't mean fondue and you're like oh oh so you too fondue oh my god that's my favorite thing is that he has he has and I love that that has continued like throughout 
the whole all the arc of Captain America is that he is literally so clueless when it comes to women. Oh yeah. Like he can't pick up on any cue at all. And like even when like in later movies when they're like you okay dude he's like what? What? I like when uh like in the <laughs> when he's talking to Falcon and he has all those things written down in the notebook not just Falcon but um uh Oh my god, I almost called her Scarlet Witch, and that's not right. Um, Wanda. No, yeah, no, no, not her. No, uh, you Scarlett Johansson. You, you got it. That. You got it. There's this a Scarlet Johansson. Yeah. Quarantine brain is real. Let me be. So, um, it's a true thing. When he's talking to Natasha, and he's like, and he's just like writing things down that he doesn't understand. Yeah. And like, it's just so endearing that he is literally so clueless about women. Not just about women, like... But in general, life in general. Yeah. He really... He's just, he's precious. He is. Oh, yeah. But he so wants to learn. He wants so badly to get it right. I do love the notebook. The notebook made me laugh every time, because I was like, he's so... He's like that kid that's, like, trying to write down every single thing the teacher says to make sure that, like... Yes! They can get it right. And also, I relate as someone who was, like, very sheltered media-wise, and then went to college that, like... I was trying to cram stuff in, and so, like, I watched Friends in a week. I, like, listened to Beyonce's albums, like, so I was from, like, 2003 to 2012 in, like, succession to, like, catch up and, like, I, like catching up on pop music I wasn't allowed to listen to and different things of, like, you know this weird, like, you know this pop song from 2007? It actually is really great. <laughs> now, now imagine that plus 70 years. And then right, because like, you've been frozen under ice. What does cool so mean? Like, hips to fly is a fun song. Right. But it is, like, that notebook, though, is one of the most endearing things. Although now I'm imagining Steve Rogers discovering Shakira, and that's 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 delightful. That is I delightful, because he'd be like, what, what? He'd be so old school about it, and I'd love it. He couldn't handle it. But I do love that though. Like he's just—it is. I like that point. It is like he's the kid in the class who's like wants to know everything and like so that he could just fit in in general. Yeah. And I love that he literally like asks everyone. He's like, "Do you know about this?" And they're like, "Yes." Yes, I have. Yes. I don't live under a rock. Yes, I will. Sure, sure. Yes, I do know let, about that. You are correct. Let me teach you about boy bands. <laughs> like I just love it. It is so. Oh, it's so sweet. But like he does, he misses those cues with women all the time. Yeah. And so it, even in his own time, he was still kind of playing catch up because like since he was because of like his physical presence before that like you know, girls weren't really interested in him and so that he wasn't really dating. So it's also just like, that's just new. And so even though, like, they don't specifically establish his age, but like somewhere in 20s, I assume, something like that. Would you say, like, how old do you think Steve is in like this timeline? Well, he has to be 18 to enlist. Yeah. So, and and with that- but, and them looking at him, though, they'd be like, yeah, no, you definitely have to be 18. We'll tell you no, but you definitely have to be. Like, we know you're not yeah. 18. Like, so he okay. has to be at least 18 to enlist. I, I Googled, so he was supposedly in, like, this time frame. Okay, so 1918 was, like, when he was born. So 
let's say that's like 43. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so he's like 25. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Because like I said, he has to be. He has to be at least 18 to enlist. Mid-20s that like, because he hasn't dated, like, is still clueless in that whole realm. And so... Yeah. Well, he looks as, 12. No 24-year-old woman uh, so is going like to date a 12-year-old. Awkward moments that as someone who is about to turn 27 and, like, hasn't had a relationship yet, I understand, like, I feel that. And so that level of awkwardness of just, I don't know how to do this. I feel like I should know how to do this, but I don't. And so, Steve's, yeah. Steve's just standing in the, the corner of the plane like, I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> So I'm, I'm gonna jump out of the plane now. Right? So like, I, I gotta leave. go. Where are you gonna go? I figured I'd just jump. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it's gotta literally. Feel I will jump out of this plane into enemy territory to avoid this so, scenario. To avoid this yeah. conversation. <laughs> I understand that feeling. I really do. Sometimes I too wish I could just jump out of a room that I'm in that I don't want to be in. That moment where we've like said something dumb to embarrass ourselves, and it's like. Well, there's no other choice but to jump out of this plane. Yep. So. Or on the flip side, when someone else has said something embarrassing and you're like, oh, I got to go because I am I feel it for you. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Yep. And then also that he's like, I could correct him and let him know that like fondue doesn't mean like it's not a euphemism or anything, but it's too delicious this, not to. This is kind of too precious that like, I, I don't want to like hate on for the moment so it's just like it's a sweet moment before because you have these human moments intercut with the big action scenes because then you kind of get your big action scene after this yes and you meet the howling commandos who are great so good. donna is awesome i know he's delightful as well also con memories like he plays the harmonica awesomely and it's just like really fun yeah um and his wife's super sweet but like so he's really cool and then i like marita because they're like are you on our side then he just shuts it up because he's like i'm from fresno you jerk like yeah don't be racist and that they like call it out and that then you get like Gabe Jones, who's awesome, and that it's cool that there's a black howling, howling commando, and so that he went to Howard University, and so you kind of have these little like humanizing things for these smaller side characters, and then this is kind of when we get to see Bucky, and it's it is kind of cool of you didn't realize something was wrong when you like the first time you watched this movie, and before Winter Soldier, you just thought, oh, like he's just been like tortured a lot, probably. Yeah. Why he's like weakened on the table. But once you kind of know the greater context and everything, you're like, oh, so they like totally already had done experiments on him at this point. Yeah. And so, but also that they were like they laid the seeds for it, but then, so in case the like this does take off and this does become a thing, like we have this. But also, it wasn't like so. See, this is a thing that's going to happen in a sequel that it still just works in the scene for the movie that it's in. Yes. Because I always like one of my big pet peeves is when, in the need for like the desperate need to make a franchise, like there's moments that take away from the actual movie they're trying to make to set up some kind of sequel when you're like hey we haven't said we like this enough for you to get a sequel yet you need to first just make a good movie right 
But then he gets the then he gets the shield, and it's amazing. I, for whatever reason, must not have been paying attention because it wasn't until Black Panther that I realized that his shield is made out of vibranium. Yes, it is made out of vibranium. And I don't know how I missed that. I don't think they make like a really big deal. I don't think they do either because it's. It was kind of, it was an Easter egg, basically. Yeah, and it was yeah. kind of like a throwaway line. Like, oh, yeah, it's made vibranium, and it's the strongest. he's like, why is it the standard issue? And they're like, because it's vibranium. It's the rarest thing in the world. And yeah, then you, and then Black Panther comes out, and I'm like, <gasps> actually, we have a lot. Oh, it's like a thing. Yeah. Oh, that's why it's so special, because it's at a country that is literally hidden. Yeah. Okay, and then I love that that's like so that they're willing to let Cap in there though. Howard Stark gets them, and that was the question I've always had: How did Howard Stark okay. get vibranium? Theory, 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 yeah. right? Okay, so Howard Stark, one of like the smartest and richest men ever, right? At the time, had to have gone looking for things that were hard to find. He had to have known. In some way, shape, or form, the vibranium existed. He just didn't know from where. Because there's no way he is that type of person. In the same way that Tony is not that type of person. That if they hear even, like, a whisper of something, they're going to figure out what it is and where it's from. They're going to figure it out. And they're going to find a way to make it theirs. In some way, shape, or form. Because it's just... I don't know. I just feel like he would have heard about it offhandedly from someone who shouldn't have said what they said because you know like the like the spy people that they had like in other areas outside of wakanda maybe like got it through like one of them but also they're like yeah you're harvard stark we don't trust you to like fully let you in on the secret but we'll let like a little bit of it like slip to you of like you can you can have a little vibranium as a treat right and i think that's what it is though is that he stumbled upon it in some way shape or form heard some sort of whisper that he wasn't supposed to hear but also wakanda's like we're not giving you full access like, yeah wakanda's like nah son uh-uh you know what you would do with it so nah we'll give you a little taste oh just a little bit and i think though that is why they were so willing to let cap into wakanda yes because a he's Steve Rogers duck. <laughs> Bye. Um, Literally the nicest guy. And then two, you, his shield's made out of vibranium. When when T'Challa says, get this man a shield, like, I... Oh, yes. I get goosebumps every time he says it. I'm like, yes, yeah, so he's giving him a shield. He needs a shield. <laughs> Give it back. I think that was, like, when I saw that in that trailer of oh, him walking... Of them walking down that ramp into Wakanda I was like <gasps> yeah oh my body yeah. oh honestly, my body now thinking back to Civil War you know when like cause I'll, I'll give Tony he's super hurt and like grieving and working through stuff because he did find out that Bucky killed his mom yeah. but he's like you didn't earn that shield my father made that shield but then technically like Steve could have been like actually that shield's from Wakanda like, <laughs> technically but, your dad made it and gave it to me it was a gift so, yes. no take backsies. <laughs> and then we get as far as once again of Steve is just in over his head. Oh, gosh. Um, so, Natalie Dormer is. Who I love. Never 
ever going to like i said when i was obsessed with the tutors everybody like everyone everyone is a little attracted to how do you not love natalie dormer is my serious question it is a very serious question like there's a reason that okay very off the bar my kids are super into the musical six right now okay the wives of henry the eighth yes and their favorite is Anne Boleyn and I'm like oh me too because of Natalie yes literally like she oh my god what she did with Anne Boleyn and on the tutors was so good she was so good oh my god to the point where I was like please change history please change history please don't kill her please that's one of those things where you're really mad that they stuck to history and you're like no you're like why do you have to be accurate like oh it's so irritating when they're accurate i'm like no stop it and then i was like bring her back as a ghost she can be a ghost she could be no one said there weren't ghosts they believe in ghosts they believe in haunted places i believe it there's no way if someone if some man cuts my head off you know i'm haunting him for the rest of his life the rest of his life all in his 30 other wives trust Uh me trust they're me. all gonna see my face in the mirror all night every night Ooh. Ooh. it's yeah. ooh, it's but i everyone i don't care if you loved her from the tutors i don't care if you loved her from game of thrones i don't care she was on this oh she was on this like really because you know how british shows are very um short yeah yes. um so there was this one she did and it was like six episodes and it was so good and it didn't get a second season and it was so sad but it was like a very paranormal type show now now it's gonna bother me because i watched it and i was like where's the second season oh they didn't get one um but it was so good but if you it doesn't matter what you come at or wasn't she in the hunger Games? she was in the hunger Games. she was in hunger games as well yeah she was in the hunger i don't care or you know now from she's in the new penny dreadful isn't she yeah she's in the new penny dreadful so i don't care what you come at her oh, from? So she was, was the Moriarty in the CBS Elementary. Yes, yes, because they made Moriarty a lady, and it was awesome. So I don't care what you're coming at her from. You're in love with Natalie Dormer, though. Yeah. If you've watched anything with Natalie Dormer, you're like, she does it for me. And so when Cap like loses, he really he's very bad at lady things. We've established. But because when she, she comes like, at him, him hard and he still is like trying to yes. like he's not picking up on it until no. she's just finally just like oh please stop let me just kiss you yeah <laughs> at which point I'm like okay I get it like I would be distracted too man she's a distracting person because you're like I get both points of view in this scene like go for it Natalie Dorman but also Steve is just like oh. I don't know what to do, but also she's pretty. But, but right. Uh, but I love Peggy. It's very. I don't know what to do with my hands. Yes. Once oh again. yes. <laughs> and other things. He, he he's so, like the chambermaid of the MCU. Like he really doesn't ever know what to do with his hands. Oh man, I just forgot that Natalie Dormer did a really really crazy movie that literally terrified me for weeks. Ooh. <laughs> I just remember that's that when I was fun. Because I was looking for that show that she was on called The Fades, and I was, like, scrolling through, and then I remember she was in this movie called The Forest, and it is very messed up. Well, I don't do scary, so I will put that on my not list. Well, it's not scary. It's about the that one forest in Japan, and she gets... Oh, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Tap out. Yeah. It's intense. But, yeah, so then Peggy catches, and because it's kind of that... 
basically it's almost that rom-com misunderstanding thing right and, but it gets resolved quickly but also then like when they're testing out the shield and all of that it's like oh it's bulletproof let me shoot you <laughs> just to like get this out of my system <laughs> which and, I love oh, I think it works and you're just like oh my gosh I love you Peggy is great she is. Y'all watch Agent Carter. It's on Disney Plus as well. It's fabulous. Uh, it's awesome. It should have had more seasons. Yep. Alas. 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 Peggy is wonderful. I love her. She's one of my all-time faves. But so that's kind of like where we are in and that kind of thing until uh, I've totally lost my train of thought. But things do kind of get resolved and then you have the moment, my other favorite, like, Steve Peggy moment before, you know, the big climax of the movie is then when they're in the bar as far as about to, like, do all the, like, cool missions and stuff, and Peggy yes. shows up in the red dress, and this is when you get Sebastian Stan at full term, and he's, like, trying to, like, lay it on, and with anybody else, it would work, but Peggy's just like, nope, I got my eye on Steve, and... It's also kind of almost symbolic in a sense because Sebastian Stan, incredibly handsome and charming individual, but when you put him literally next to Chris Evans, your eye goes elsewhere. I had him literally next to Chris Evans. I died. Yeah, remember when she snorted? It was bad. <laughs> but it also just shows, like, Steve and Peggy, not even, like, Bucky at his full, like, powers could, like, distract. And she's like, nope. I'm just looking at Steve. And you're just like, uh, the tension, the USD, the hard eyes. It's all just, I love it. I should well, so much. You know something bad's about to happen. Because you're like, it's all too happy. Uh-huh. And so you get the cool mission montage because then things are successful and all of that's good. And then, then we get to the train. The train. Oh, stupid train. The train. It got too happy, and we're not at the end of the movie, so something bad is gonna happen. Yep. And it starts like going so well, and like you kind of have you have the cool zipline scene, and there's still cool fight stuff, and then it honestly just comes out of nowhere that like Bucky flies out of the train, and you're yeah. just like, why? Oh, I was very upset. Very upset. It was so sad because he's like. Bucky's gone. He's, you know, whatever. He's like literally his only family, and so yeah. So once again, he's still losing being Captain America. Like, thing like he's doing good, but at what cost? Exactly. And so, and things will literally never be the same ever again. Yeah. Like literally yeah. ever. Like a hundred years in the future, almost, and it's still not good because at this point Bucky's still coping with trauma and Steve has gone back in time and they're no longer around each other anymore. I know it's so sad it's so, so sad like look that oh okay everybody talks about the Tony stuff from Endgame and yes I was very upset but I got like super hysterical at the end like can't leave the theater because I can't walk upset yeah. Because yeah. I was like, what do you mean? It's so beautiful. Because it is, like, it's literally the perfect ending. And I it think was the best. now we can kind of get into some of just the greater aspects of Steve's arc. So, you know, like I kind of keep saying, 
he just keeps losing. And so I know a lot of people complain about whatchamacallit, the ending that Steve got in Endgame, but... How can they hate the ending of But why? He went back and he got to have the life he wanted with her. Because, like, I know some people are saying as far as, like, that it was, like, regressive and stuff, but I... I How? How? Literally the moment I realized there's a time travel, I was like, oh my god, he's gonna go back and have his right? ending with Maggie. When, like, when they leaked the footage of the cars, I was like, oh my god, it's happening. It, it I happened. cried when it wasn't even in front of me. Like, that's how emotional I was. I was like, oh my god, he's gonna go to When you look at Steve's journey, it's... So he wanted to do good. He wanted to be Captain America. He becomes that. And then his choice to become that while he is doing good and saving the day and all of that, then things are just, like, different aspects of people he loves or, like, values that he holds dear or principles get just stripped away. And then, finally, it's that he's earned some rest and that he's done all he can. And at some point, he just needs to not lose anymore. He needs to get a life, and he did. Because first you take away Arcsign. Arcsign dies, so like his mentor. And then you you take away Bucky, his only family. And then you take away, like, losing Peggy and just everything that he knows of just, like, his home and, like, familiarity. Not only that, you rocket him into the future, basically. then you hurdle him in the future. And you lie to him! So then he gets, like, okay, new normal. S.H.I.E.L.D., we're doing this. Okay. No. S.H.I.E.L.D. is bad. Yep. A lot of the government is bad. Like, that Hydra is still a thing, so Mm -hmm. S.H.I.E.L.D. gets taken away. The Avengers are still having problems, so, like, that's a problem. And then you get to Civil War, and it's, like, you take away the camaraderie of the Avengers and also just any faith in the U.S. government. Yep. Which, like, was a core of Steve of just, like, not only believing, like, people were good, but also that, like, America was a force for good. And that he was fighting for, and that's why he was cool being Captain America. And so then you strip that, and so that's where, at that point, like, his costume is where, like, the stars ripped out and different things, and it's dirty and worn, and that he's been on the run at this point. And then you just strip away, like... His comfort at this of at least I've been losing all these things, but at least I've been able to save the day and help people. And nope, you don't get to save the day this time. In fact, people are gonna lose the biggest that they ever have, and it's gonna like and it's gonna be seemingly permanent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you've literally ripped it all away and that's why at like the beginning of Endgame he's like it has to work because I don't know what I'm going to do if it doesn't right and he like tries to cope and just go back to like Steve optimism of like try to see if he can be the old like this the Steve when he first came back and he just can't he shaves the beard off and it's the saddest part of that entire movie oh it's the saddest part it's tragic cause a beard does things for him let me tell you Everyone should mourn it's the beard because it was beautiful. It was so beautiful. Part of it of Infinity War, it's the beard. As we said, it's a flattering costume, and then it's also the swagger of like Steve not giving any rip 
tips as right? far as what anyone says he's gonna do what he's gonna do oh my gosh the scene where he's like he... it's the end of the dang world i'm doing what i want yeah the scene where he walks into avengers headquarters and Rhodey is talking to the center like the senate Yes, his walk. And they're such jerks. And he just walks in like, come get me. Like, I'm not scared of you. Let's go. His voice is lower and he's like, as far as I am, like, I'm done asking for permission. Yeah, he's like, I don't work for you. Yeah, you are. I think the most important thing at the end of it all, not just that he gets to go back and he gets to have his oh thing it's he wants amazing. the most he gets to have love it's just like he's he gets to rest and just yes. and not be captain America. and exactly. not only that but when i say so i took the kids i take care of they had they went through the movies really really fast they had me write the list out for them because they wanted to be able to go to theaters and see um end game in theaters yeah. Right, so we like this. We saw Captain Marvel together, but um, they wanted to. So they saw everything up to Captain Marvel because they wanted to see Captain Marvel, and then they wanted to make sure that we all saw Endgame together. So we all go to see Endgame together. We're all losing our mind. We're all so very emotional. But when I tell you, so I took them after school one day, and it's a pretty packed theater because this is. So it came out Thursday. I took them Monday, so this is only a few days later. The sound I made, and I had already been telling them, like, guys, you gotta remember we're in a theater. I understand I'm crying too, but you gotta you gotta rein it in a little bit. But um, the sound I made was like even stronger than Thor's when he just reached out and the hammer flew to him. The sound I made, I was like, I don't care if I'm in public. He is worthy, and the only reason he's worthy is because he stayed true to himself the entire. Time. He has stayed Captain America. He stayed Captain er, Steve Rogers. He has stayed true to himself, and he is worthy. And he is the only other person who is worthy of that. Only other person. And even like you can see it on Thor's face. He's like, yes, I knew it. You are worthy of this. Like my theater lost it. Oh my god, I screamed so loud. I didn't even care if I was the only one screaming. I wasn't, but I I didn't care if I was because I was so happy and like. That had to have been like one of the best almost endings because it wasn't the end yet. But it was like, you know, the penultimate ending. Like, where you're just like, this is what he should. He is that person. He is worthy of the heroes. Like, yeah. That moment in the portals. When he says on your left, and I was like, oh my gosh. When he just like very quietly says, Avengers assemble. Oh gosh, no, the entire, like, our theater was not that crowded because we didn't get to go for a couple weeks. I had to stay off social media for, like, weeks. I, could, I don't know how you did that. To keep from being spoiled because we couldn't get four seats together at a time that, like, made sense. I'm not going to take my eight-year-old or seven. She's, no, she's absolutely seven, not. At, like, 1030 at night. Like, I'm no. cool, but I'm not that cool. So, um, but no, and the kids in my class, God bless them, because I teach fifth grade, and they were so good about not spoiling it for me and not telling me what happened. Oh, that's amazing. Well, they know that I will find out where they live. Because <laughs> um, the kids in my school, the they would tell you, they would tell you instantly at my school. They'd be no. like, oh, so did you see it? Because I got thought about when they did this. And I'm like, I didn't see. Why'd you no. say that? See, they know how much it means to me. Like, I made them watch the pro- when when the trailers dropped, we would watch it together on like the smart board. 
Oh, I love um, that. That's amazing. But, and so one of my Christmas gifts, um, it's a small school. I mean, there, we're only K-8, and every grade level, ha- like, has one classroom, except for 6-8, which is oh middle school. Oh, my God, I wish that was my school. It's not. But, um, so, you know the kids that are coming up, basically, from yeah. kindergarten on. And so this one family was known for making hand-painted signs for the teacher to go on their door. Oh, cute. Um, And so, like, the one before me, the fourth grade teacher was Wizard of Oz because that's her favorite movie. And so, anyway, and so I wasn't sure what they were going to pick because I have hockey stuff in my classroom. I have Disney stuff in my classroom. I have Captain America stuff in my classroom. So it was kind of, I was like, ooh, what are you going to choose? And it was, it's Captain America. So it's really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. And I got, I have... I think I have a pop from, ev- like, every single Captain America pop there is, and I've only bought one of them. The rest were student gifts. I love that. Know. My favorite thing of all time, though, so I met, we have, like, first graders that come in for reading buddies, and this one little boy was, like, going nuts. So I'm trying to talk to him, and I'm like, hey, look. I was like, you want to see something? And I showed him the picture, and I was like, I met Captain America. And he looks at me and goes, who's that? <gasps> and I was like, Captain America. No, no, listen. He goes, I know who Captain America is. That's not Captain America. That's just some guy. Oh! And I was like, fair. That's fair. <laughs> okay. He wants Well, because he had the beard. He values character think- integrity. He d- we we he, love that. We do we do love a valued integrity of the character. He had the beard when I met him. So in the picture, he has the beard. And this seven-year-old was just like, you are a liar. And that is just some random guy. That's just guy. some guy. Like, I hate to break this to you, lady, but you got tricked. But so what happened when you're, so your theater wasn't that packed when you saw it, and it still was, like, loud? No, and still people were, like, screaming. And I was like, ooh, this is a different experience, because when it's less packed, it, like, echoes. It's a little scary. I feel like that was that moment, though, where everyone was like, yeah. He does earn it, though. Oh, yes. Her involuntary moment. So, Steve's dramatic entrance in Infinity War when yes. he grabs the spear. Yes. I, so, it was opening night, like, kind of the, like, the big... No, midnight screenings aren't at midnight anymore. So They're at 7 like, p.m. on Thursdays. But yeah. So, it was right after I got off work. And so, I literally involuntarily shouted, that's my man. <laughs> yes. And um, there were a couple, like, bros that just looked at me like, for real and i'm like yes yeah you heard what i said i said what and i, I was said like, it came out before i could think but like, it happened i i said what i said <laughs> exactly and then of course you know like when he does come back or when he does come back as the old man all three of the kids that all three of the kids i take care of know how much i love captain america so they all looked at me when I was just like, Oi, God! And because I'm crying, like, so hard. And they're like, why are you crying? Like, that'll be... It's just like, yeah, it's a big deal. My husband just keeps handing me napkins. He's like, you're fine. You're fine. It's fine. We're fine. It's all fine. It's all fine. Because I was, I was really like... It's the same way as far as my, my older sister is my movie-watching partner, and she can't handle when I, like, when I boo-hoo in a movie because she's just like... I like I don't know if I should comfort you or like because are you like actually distressed or is this just like a reaction to a thing or like what's going on? Mm-hmm. And I'm just like just just let me let me it's feel. Steve, Steve got his happy ending and he had to wait a really really long time. Literally like seventy years. Seventy. Okay, he waited a long time. He waited a really long time and he got it. And he got, I mean, he, but he got everybody back. He got Bucky back. He got 
Sam back. He got, mm-hmm. like, all the Avengers and all the people that disappeared back. And I like to think that even though Tony said not to change anything when, um, you know, Bruce did the snap to bring people back, when yeah. he also did it, he also changed the reality where um, Steve kissed um, Peggy Carter's niece. Because, like... God, I hope so. There was no chemistry, and... It's, hey, it's just kind of mm-hmm. weird. Sharon. Sharon, stop. Sharon, go home. And I did like that, though, where, like, because, you know, you have that moment in, is it Winter Soldier, or is it in, it's in, it's in Infinity War, right, when Peggy dies? Yes. Yeah. Civil War. Civil War, no, yeah. I, yeah, Civil War. I, I meant Civil War, but I said Infinity said. War. I meant yeah. Cap only. Sorry. It, yeah. Sorry. I meant Civil War. You know, they should not have similar titles. That's all I'm saying. They're too close. They're too close. So when he, like, but he doesn't have to just, like, say goodbye to her, and she doesn't have to be, you know, the old woman, and he's still the young man. Like, they get to have... I know. I know. The fic is so good. Like, and that's what I'm saying, like, in the overall arc of it all, he has the best one because... I mean, he, he does, he has to work so hard to, for everything, and he gets so much taken from, like, of all of them, I think he gets the most taken from him. Yeah. Of all of them. Like, he gets so much taken from him, and he's still trying so hard to make everything right. Well, Thor, Thor did lose a lot. Listen, Look, he didn't Thor lose. Lo- well, Thor did lose his entire planet, but that's his sister's fault. So that's not his fault. That's not his fault. She crazy, she crazy. and that's her fault. <laughs> and he didn't even she know got, she was there. Everybody thought that Loki was the crazy one. And yeah, like, no, no, you could be wrong. You can be wrong. You can be wrong. Loki's a little crazy, but that chick, like, woo! She's fine. Hella is on another level. A whole another other level. level. But she's, she's also amazing. amazing. Oh, she's awesome. Yeah. yeah. But, like, yeah. Thor... But Thor had everything. Yeah. Steve Rogers didn't. Steve, Steve started so with nothing. He started with he started zero. With nothing. He got a little just by becoming Captain America. And then they're like, well, yeah. because you got a little, now, now we're going to take away, like, way more than, like, what that gives you. Whereas yeah, so Thor is gifted... He's a prince. He's going to be a king of his whole planet. He gets to travel on Rainbow Road whenever he wants to. Like, he's fine. He has Mjolnir, and you're like, this is fine. And he's got fabulous hair. Yeah, he even has great hair. Like, and Steve has nothing. He gets Bucky. He loses Bucky. He gets Peggy. He loses Peggy. He gets the Avengers. He loses the Avengers. Loses all of them. And I'm like, does he ever get to keep anything? Can we give him a dog or a hamster or something? Right? You'd think he's a dog. You'd think Captain America would have a dog. He lost his shield for gosh sake. I mean, come on. Seriously. Seriously. Get this man a shield. So, like, I feel like that is what it is, though, is that he is... He's the person who's lost the most and had the least, but still did everything he could to for the and better of everyone. Literally gets down to the point of the I can do this all day. Yes. yes. 
that's what it is of just that he just keeps fighting and that's what makes him great that might be my favorite part of the captain america versus captain america fight is, is it when he, when he says that and he's like yeah yeah i know yeah i know it's he's like i've heard myself say before it sounds awful too okay keep walking <laughs> is it though because it's that next line i know but it's so funny because he just yeah the way yeah he's i know like, <laughs> he's just like oh i've never heard it from this end before and i sound like a jerk <laughs> Well, what I love is, so, it is one of those things you notice once you become obsessed, that, like, um, Chris Evans definitely deepens his voice for playing Steve Rogers. Yes. And that line read just feels way more Chris Evans than Steve. Yes. <laughs> because it does get a little higher. Just like, yeah, yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> I don't like it. It's a, it. I don't like it. Wow, I hear myself and the way other people hear me, and I hate it. Right? He's just like, oh, that was not. Mm-mm, didn't like it. Oh, Steve. I just like, I understand. You're super stubborn and resolute in your convictions, and normally that's awesome, but right now, this is very inconvenient. So. And it's not the time. You are the cop. I am not. So I'm going to distract you. Bucky's alive. Now go to sleep. Yep. Yep. Oh, Steve. And so, like, we lose Bucky, and it's sad. And then then we kind of gear up to the big climax. Although, once again, I'm just, shout out to the actors. I love, I love the interrogation scene of Zola, because just like Tommy Lee Jones and Toby Jones playing off each other, just two really good actors just doing their thing. It just, it's a simple scene that they kind of elevate it. So, you know, when it's like he brings a stick and they're like, what's in it? And and then Tommy Lee Jones is just like, cow. (laughs) And it's such an America F. Yeah kind of moment of just like, yeah, I'm eating a steak while I interrogate you. (laughs) That's I feel like that would be something that Tommy Lee Jones would do, though. Yeah. Like, I I feel like that's very on brand. Like, yeah. I feel like it's very on brand for him. It, it just it feels so real. It, it's because like it's very subtle performances throughout. But then we get our big climax and big action stuff. You know, you get the pews with the tesseract, and we get our we get our blue sky beam basically. Oh, and I think and, that's like one of the best parts about Marvel as a whole, not just Captain America, is that there are these little itty bitty things throughout where you're like, oh, that was that important? I wasn't paying attention, right? Like, I mean, obviously, something like the Tesseract, though, you know, you knew about already from Thor. Yeah. But, like, when you're like, oh, man. Yep. Oh, because, like, again, like I said, with the vibranium, you're like, cool, what's that? And then it turns out, then you find out what it is, and you're like, oh, man, that was so much cooler than I thought. Right. That's. But that's, I think, why people go back and rewatch the entire thing in, in order, is because then they're like, oh, I get it now. Like, the chronologically, like, it, it yeah. works. And I love that you get, like, cool cat moments, but you still get, like, awesome moments where Peggy gets to shine, and you're yes. just like, oh, she's so great. I love her so much, so much. And so that, then you do get kind of, we still have our main villain conflict, but before that... We do get our goodbye kiss, and we so do. We, we've gotten <sighs> to—we've kind of covered the gamut of Staggy, but like, 
He promises her. One of the things I will say, MCU weak points is like there's very little of like romance done well. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so oh. this is a sweeping romantic moment, and it are, works. Are we talking about Black Widow and Hulk? What? Who said that? <sighs> yeah. We can't um, talk. That was a thing, and like that was a thing where we collectively were like, "Huh?" And like what? <laughs> Jane and Thor, the chemistry just isn't there. No. Which is insane because we're like these are two very very good looking people, and so it should just work. I will say I am very excited to see her as Lady Thor. Like, I'm very yes. pumped about that. Oh, my God. I'm beyond pumped for Love and Thunder. Oh, my God. I cannot wait. And, like, you know, Thor has flirty energy with Valkyrie, but it's not romance. And you, you don't really want to see them go there. Well, they, well, they make it, like, very energy. clear, though, that that's not where that's going to go. No. Like, yeah. they make – he, like, is still pining over Jane, even though she disappeared 120 years ago. Like, it was a mutual right. dumping. And then took Kat Dennings with dumping. her, which was rude. Let me tell you. Like, just bring back Kat Dennings and make me happy. Like, just, right. I need it. So, like, well, she's going to be in um, Scarlet Witch, so. Oh, she oh, is? WandaVision. Yeah. Oh, so she's in WandaVision. Oh, that thrills Yay. me so deeply. That thrills me. That thrills me. Because, ah, oh, I, that was, like, one of, like, the pulling points for Thor for me was how funny they made it. Because yes. Kat Dennings is super funny. And Natalie Portman is not. And, um, yeah, but basically as far as to get to my point of, there's only a couple times, like, um, Tatala and Nakia has promise, but they're not there yet. Like, I feel like Black Panther 2, there's potential. Like, give Give us us the the romance. romance. Like, Like, make us ship them, like, hard. Because I want that, and there's enough people who enjoy superhero movies and the MCU as a whole that still want romance as, like, a thing. Because, you know, as much as people debated in, like, fiction and the various fandoms that we've been in, love is a huge, and, like, romantic love is a huge aspect of the human experience. Yes. And mm-hmm. getting to see your heroes experience that lets you get to, like, connect with the characters on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. And so that's where just because it's, like, a superhero movie have like actual romance and heat to it and like have those like big swoon worthy moments because they really haven't had that in a very long time because even like the crazy part I know part of it is just because like you can't get Gwyneth that often she doesn't even remember being in some of them most of Pepper and Tony's development is off screen yeah because you know between Iron Man 3 and so then they like it's announced in Civil War that they've broken up and then in Infinity War they're like back together yeah but and she so comes in clutch then, in the end. then they're just like engaged and so or actually no it's then in spider-man she just like shows up and which so, she doesn't remember being in that gwen doesn't even remember being in and so then it's just like oh she's back in the picture got it and now they're engaged and then they're married and then now the, she did like she came to play for Endgame, and I appreciate that because she did like act well in those moments yes. and sold it. She literally like, came in in and one now of the now best their story's moments. done. Like yeah, well it's kind of done because he's kind of yeah. 
There really but, aren't like, very many, though. Yeah, this, right. like, the later part of it, because it started off so strong, and then it just kind of fizzled, yeah. because most of the big development, it was just off-screen. Off-screen. Yeah. So, I really hope in the future, like, installments of the MCU and the stories that are to come, that we actually get, like, some full-on, like, ships. I want Happy and Aunt May. And I would die on this hill. I love that relationship so much. much. Give it to me. And I think because I think a lot of that also has to do with just like the earnestness. The father figure for Peter because But yeah, like that relationship between them. Yeah, I love that the way they play off of each other. I think it's yeah. so sweet and so special. Okay, the moment when Happy throws the shield in Far From Home and is like, how does Capto do that? <laughs> right? So funny. It's so great. But no, there are not very many relationships that they've done a great job with. And I think yeah. that, like you said, well, even, I don't know. The Black Panther one is, is good. I just think it needs it, more It has potential, so that's where I'm like, it's just starting. So I kind yeah. of like the idea of playing off of, like, oh, there are exes. So, like, you get to have a little bit of development off of yes. that. And, like, I see how they work well. And Lupita and Chadwick have good chemistry. Yes. Oh, I'm but, still so like, mad she wasn't in it. Oh. Yeah. Well, it's kind of because she's now not as, like, interested in big studio movies at this point. But I think she was I'm filming pretty something sure else in Black Panther, too. So hopefully that, that happens and we get more development because I want more of them on screen. And... Yes that also hopefully fandom can get their act together and we get some good fic and so but steggy steggy and and pepperoni are, are kind steggy of steggy and pepperoni are the <laughs> like pepperoni. those are the ones that are actually developed and they do a good job on yes and they're both so, complete now so it's easier to talk about yeah. yeah so now we've got to see their full arc in their story and i did like peggy and Susa was sweet and it was cute but it's like it can't compare this is this is the epic love yeah like it is what it is. And so... We don't make the rules. You, you get their goodbye, and then you also get the great Tommy Lee Jones. I'm not kissing you. <laughs> great line. <laughs> and so you get your fight, and Steve sacrificing himself, and their goodbye over oh, the was awful. radio. It, it's, it hurts every time. And yep. then when they replay it in Peggy Carter... In, in Agent, Agent Carter, Carter. And you're just like... <laughs> I, I was can't. like, did you need to do that, really? Was that necessary? It was. We know how she got here, okay? No, they want to drive it in harder. I know. Also, it's... I adore that the literally the only thing from TV continuity that is carried over into the main movies is James Darcy as Jarvis because yes. he's great in Agent Carter, and so I'm glad that like he's still a thing. Yep. But then, so then Steve wakes up. Yes, and he still himself. thinks he's in 1940. Also, I love that all the like. 1940s like vintage clothing obsessed people on tumblr were able to like pinpoint of like the inaccuracies and like her hairstyle and like the bra she was wearing and all of that and so no but then some people are like theorizing that she'll purposely wanted to have it just a little bit off to put him off kilter to just like see what he would do yeah and so making it more, more like subtle but you're like, oh, oh, Tumblr. That's, that's, that's really not Tumblr it. Thing of like to notice. But yeah. You ever just wonder where they get their up. time? Poor dude wakes and up. He's in like Times Square, New York City. So the most like overstimulating the place. Most possible. overwhelming place really? possible. But before that, we get the boxing, which might be my favorite scene of the whole movie. 
yeah, yeah, he's bo- yeah, where he's yeah. boxing, and that's when he hears, whoo, everyone, that should be, I just, can you project that on my grave? Well, no, no the boxing, that's a, that's a mid, like, a, that's an after credits. So Is it after first, credits? Yeah. I so thought that's when he was hearing the, the 1941 baseball game that he'd already been to. No, so he's just laying on the bed, so he's just zoom in on his beautiful eyelashes. See what happens, guys? And- all I focus on is the boxing, and then I forget the order things happen in. So you walk out Times Square, Nick Fury has this great entrance. And I then love Nick Fury. He's like, Cap is something wrong, and he's like, I had a date. And once again, your heart breaks just one more time. And then you get, so then you get your credits, and you get the boxing scene. Boxing. And then you get the, like, so I love that the end credits was literally just the first trailer that was dropped for the Avengers. Yeah. So like, it's just immediately picking up, mm-hmm. and we're, we're getting into it. And I remember I was so hyped when I saw that in theaters, and I was like, I can't believe we have to wait for next summer for this, because I already, like, want to see it now. I know, and now I'm like, how long do we have now for the next stuff? Oh, God, they were supposed to be filming Spider-Man already. Um, I know. Tom Holland was on Jimmy Kimmel, um, which, by the way, if you haven't watched anything of the late night at homes, you're missing out because a lot of these people have nothing to promote. They just need social interaction. So the the everything is so chaotic. Like if you, they just need friends. Like most specifically, I would suggest when Maya Rudolph was on Seth Meyers, and if you want something purely just pure chaos, watch when Dakota Johnson was on Jimmy Kimmel because they're neighbors. So they actually got to talk to each other face to face, just over the garden wall. Oh god, that's funny. And like she's in this insanely, insane ball gown that someone would wear to like the Met Gala. Excellent. And she's like, "This is just something I wore. Just like I picked up off the ground. Like it's so chaotic." And you're just like, "Oh, we've been in quarantine too long." Um, but um, Tom Holland would like to see Dakota Johnson in the MCU. Yeah, God, that would be, be so wild. But I was watching... <laughs> oh, the press. <laughs> right. I was watching Tom Holland on, I believe it was Jimmy Kimmel, and he said something... Yes, it was Jimmy Kimmel because his son is obsessed with Spider-Man, so he had um, he had him talk to his son as Peter Parker for his birthday. And his son had no idea what was happening, but his daughter was like, Oh my God, it's Peter <laughs> like, she was freaking out. I think she's like five or six, so she's like yeah. aware more than his two-year-old. So, but he, I guess, he, Jimmy Kimmel was like, I can't tell you how many times I've seen your face in a day. Like, I, we watch your movies on loop. And so, he talked about it, though, and he's like, so what's the status? And he's like, well, um, supposed to be filming it now. <laughs> That's not happening. So, we were supposed to. And then Anthony Mackie was on, um, Jimmy Fallon, and he said they have, like, two episodes left to film uh just show me what you got man come on feed me just like just drop it so they like, have what like when like full on bbc rules where there's just a random episode that shows up once every three months and you're just or, like wait what right okay i'll take you know, it at this point i would take people talking over zoom Okay. Right. Whatever you got. I will. I will understand your Zoom episode. Like, but that's what they were saying. Like, they were already supposed to be filming Spider-Man. They didn't even get into anything. Um, They were supposed to be. They have two episodes left of Falcon and Cap. uh, Or Cap. I'm sorry. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. They had. They were like almost done with Loki. 
Um, I'm so excited for Loki. Like, I'm not... Mm-hmm. Listen, listen, listen. I love Tom Hiddleston. I'm not one of those, like, crazy people. You know those girls. You know who I'm talking about. Oh, my God. Yeah. I met him last year on my birthday. And oh, girl. And I went and saw him in a play, which, okay, side note, because this is the funniest story ever. So it is a very serious play. It is, uh, we, I saw Betrayal by uh, Harold Pinter, which yes. I had read in college and knew that it was a very serious play. And so it was me and my two friends, and we were in, an, uh, in, a, in a row off to the side that had, I think, like six seats. Or five or six seats. And the woman next to me leans in and she's like, do you know, there are a lot of young people here. Do you know why? And I was like, yeah, it's the actors, it's not the play. And she's like, I didn't think it was the play. And I was like, it's not. So, um, but it's... That's when you Google Loki and you're like, cuss of him. It's, it's funny though, but like, so I'm serious. I, I go and I, um... I obviously I race out because it's only Tom Hiddleston, Charlie Cox, and a, a woman. And I race out because um, my favorite movie in the world is Stardust. And um, yes, my friend like halfway, th- me and my mom were the only two people in the theater when we saw it. And like halfway through the movie, I was like, Mom, I need this DVD tomorrow. Like this is right? the best movie ever. And so I am obsessed with Mark Strong. And yes. my friend saw him in a play in London, and she had him sign a copy of Stardust. So I took it with me to New York so I could specifically have Charlie Cox sign it. And so I race out to the stage door, and I'm like, no, no one is going to be in my way. I will make this happen. So Charlie Cox comes, and he talks to everybody, and it's he's right next to us. The girl comes. She talks to everyone. Tom Hiddleston, will, they will not allow him. To go near a barricade, he literally has to reach out, and you yeah, have to reach your arm out it. to give it to him, because yeah. they will not let you touch Tom Hiddleston or be anywhere near him because security is because that scary. Crazy. Security. I think is that's what happened that with Chris. I believe. I think that. that's what happened with Evans when he was wearing the porn stash and doing the terrible show. It wasn't terrible. It was fine. It's well, just his Amanda, facial hair was questionable. Amanda got a selfie with him. Yes, but towards the end, as more people started realizing that, like, it was him, yeah, and Chris Evans was in a play, and, like, random tweeny boppers were, like, showing up and not having tickets, they didn't go to the play, they just hung up on the stage door. Well, yeah, because that's yeah. how you meet him. But now they okay, made but- it, though, like, if it's a super, like, big star like, yeah. like Tom Hiddleston, they've made it now, so... They can't go near the barricade. Well, one, but they have a barricade set up specifically for people who just saw the show. And if you are waiting just because, you have to go further back behind another barricade. So you can't even go near him. Like, double time. So I was like, "Uh uh-uh. I saw this play. I'm going to get this signed by Charlie Cox. Get away from me. I sat through this. Give me my signature. I just want it to be signed. And it's like, yes, Tom Hiddleston signed the playbill, but I was like, no, I am here for Charlie Cox. Get away from me. Get away from me. I still love you, Tom Hiddleston. Wish me happy birthday. I do love Tom Hiddleston. But, like, it's, they literally won't let you touch, they, there's a very, there's a distance. Like, of six feet before it was necessary. I wonder, I don't know. I wonder what's gonna, well, that's a long ways off. Who knows? But that's the thing is now we have, we only have what the future of cons and different things will be like. Well, they have... Or even the future of stage doors. Like, that used to be one of my favorite parts. Like, don't get me wrong. I love going to live theater. It's my favorite, but... Favorite in the world. Favorite in the world. I love going to the stage door afterwards. It's so much fun. 
It is. I actually just had a picture come up today that six years ago I met Martin Freeman in London. And I was like, yeah. see, I'm, I'm still eternally mad that because I was a young person, I didn't know that stage door was a thing. Yeah. That I saw the Broadway show 9 to 5. Ooh. And so... I, that's totally a show I would stage door for because yeah. it was Stephanie J. Block, Megan Hilty, and Allison Freaking Danny. Yeah. And so, like, I I totally would have stage door during that. And also, I was a young person on crutches, so I totally would have gotten to the front of, like, uh, people would pity me. Yes. And so, like, now I'm just like, what could have been? I could have been Allison Janney. I, uh... But then, at the same time, though, there are still people who won't come out at all. True, true. There are actors who literally will specifically not come out until there is no crowd. Um. So when I, oh gosh, it was 2010, uh, we went and saw In the Heights, and it was 30 degrees out. Did you go see it when Corbin Blue was in it? Uh, no, I saw it with Lin-Manuel Miranda. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I literally, my husband and my mother-in-law were with us, and they were like, it's cool, let's go. And I was like, you go stand in the lobby, then I'm going to stand out here until Lin-Manuel Miranda comes out. <laughs> I will be here all night. He did finally come out, though, so I do have a picture with Lynn. It took you a long time, though. Uh, like an hour. It's rough. And it was freezing. Literally. Like, I I was like, dude, I'm freezing to death. And he was so nice. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, I didn't think anybody would wait. And I'm like, are you are you serious? Are you serious? Did you see what I just saw? I'm like, do you know who you are? Of course we're here. We're still here. <laughs> There's a reason theater people are the way they are. Now, see, I do regret not, we decided not to do stage door because I saw the, oh, two years before that, three years before that, we saw original cast Wicked, and I regret not doing stage oh, door. Oh, I regret that for you. I know. I regret that I for you. I do regret that. Could you imagine how much that playbill would go for now? So much money. Oh my god. Like your kid's college. Yeah, seriously. Yes, but I Almost. Could sell it. It's a demon's autograph. I can't sell that. Well, if you had two, then you could have sold one. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, but getting slightly back on the topic at hand. <laughs> it's still but, related because I was talking it, about Tom Hiddleston. You know, it's quarantine and we're just we're reminiscing because Broadway is closed until the end of the year and yep. so like that's it, it's a bummer and so it actually is surprising you think about it like how many MCU people have actually been on Broadway. So many. But that's one of those things where like I feel like also, once you so are in the MCU of, like I know how to bring this back on point of bridging the gap between Life of Theater and um, MCU. So, can we talk about the one random play that Sebastian Stan was in that, like, those gifts are from? Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know what it's called. I don't know what it's called, because it's like, if he's playing, like, somebody Southern, Yeah. and that's really not the point, but it's just, it's a mixture of, like, because he... Because this is the fun thing. So when these actors are in like MCU level shape and then they do other projects that are like artsier or like a different genre or whatever. And so it doesn't necessarily fit for the character to be in that good of shape, but it right. just, it is what it is. So he, cause it was like fresh off of Captain America that he did it. So he's like in Bucky Barnes good shape, but that in just like this play. And so he's in like 
so no shirt and like low-rise jeans in but he's all like greasy because it's like he was working on a car and so he has like the like towel over his shoulder and he, oh yeah like, it's fantastic flicks it off himself while like smirking and you're just like oh that's i i've watched this gif and repeat for too long because i'm trying to think what are some of the other ones where it's like because sometimes chris evans will have those projects where you're like it's so obvious that like this was fresh off a cat movie because he's a different shape than normal. Snow, you get the Snow full Piercer. Dorito. Snow Piercer. Snow Piercer, yes. Snow Piercer. Snow Piercer is yeah. so good. That, okay. okay. I. Oh, um, what's what's your number? That's what I was going to yes. talk about. Like, because that, that was about the same year as the first Avenger. And no. so he went from that to, like, this delightful romantic comedy that. It doesn't get remembered as... I love that movie. As, like, iconic as, like, a 27 Dresses or a Legally Blonde or, like, different things. I think that also has to do with who it is, though. Because a lot of people will not really care about Anna Faris movies in a way, unless it's something like Scary Movie or something like that. Which is sad, because I think Anna Faris is one of the funniest people, and... Hey, listen, Anna Faris in House Bunny is quite amazing. (laughs) Uh, Yeah? Yeah she's funny and it's awesome like how she has to remember people's names oh yeah. my god yes. it kills but me it's so funny that like because it, it does kind of show since he did that in pretty much the same year because before captain america that was kind of the perception or like the character that chris played was kind well, of the, like i mean sarcastic jerk yeah. that was what he was he was pigeonholing him. he was he was doing it to himself those were the yeah. roles he was taking that's his fault. But it was also what he was getting, and, like, it's a vicious cycle. But then, like, Steve Rogers kind of broke the mold for him in that he got to do the, like, the brooding here. Well, he doesn't really brood. He's just, like, he's just going through a lot, and it's just, like, the noble hero, you know? Yeah. And so it did kind of catapult him from just, like, a successful actor to being, a like, a movie star in that iconic kind of way. But that's the thing is that, like, with something like a Marvel movie or, like, Elijah Wood in Lord of the Rings or, like, Daniel Radcliffe in Harry Potter, these types of roles allow you to just do literally whatever you want other than these yep. films like there are some really so interesting I'm super excited to see all the projects he does well because especially after knives out i'm just like i am here for it yes. he's just he's so talented he was crazy in knives out mm-hmm. it was so good and now like so i kind of i think i lost my train of thought earlier um, just to kind of wrap things up a bit. So now kind of where we see the Cap universe and stuff continuing now that like Steve's story is done. So with Falcon and Winter Soldier, I'm excited to see them fleshed out more because like neither of them really get to develop that much in the Cap movies and then also the Avengers stuff just because there's just so much going on. And then because, you know, Cap was the lead, that's the start. And so... I think both Anthony Mackie, but especially Sebastian Stan, have the potential to really kind of, st- like, step up their performances and stuff and kind of create that, like, movie star-making moment. Yes. And so I'm really excited to see, like, between both this series and upcoming movies to kind of create that for them. But Anthony Mackie kind of is a movie star in his own right already. Like, True. there's not anyone who's like, oh, have you heard of Anthony Mackie? Yeah, I have. He's incredible. Like, there's no one who, like, 
if you know Anthony Mackie, that's, you know, his star caliber. Like, it's insane. Like, I cried so hard when they moved him from Falcon. First of all, I was, I, like, threw my phone when I found out he was cast as Falcon because I love him so much. I literally threw my phone screaming. I was so happy. Then when I found out that they were giving him the shield, when I tell you how hard I cried. I'm interested to see what he brings to it. I'm interested yeah. to see how he differentiates himself from Steve because it is, I think, important. Because every iteration of Cap is just a little bit different. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so and I think it's like, really important. And I think it's cool. So they kind of teased as far as, like, the concept for um, this upcoming series is essentially that he's kind of been given this mantle by Steve Rogers. But then, like, the U.S. government is like, well, we didn't pick you as Captain America. Captain America is like a big enough like symbol in iconography that we still want to control that. And so we have our own candidate for who we want to do that. And so they've shown the concept art of like just buff blonde guy with like, you know, the A on the helmet and all of that. Look here, children. Steve knows Captain America. He is Captain America. He picks. You don't get to pick. He picks. You don't get to pick. Like, no. No. You're not my real dad. Go home. <laughs> You're not my because real dad. Because it, <laughs> it's just at the end of the day, it's not like the iconography and the symbol isn't what matters. It's the person. It's the person. Mm-hmm. And Captain America and Steve Rogers believe so much in him that he's like, there is no one who I'd rather have take this up yep. from me. Exactly. No one. I would... I would love if, I mean, if it's successful, I would like it to go forward, um, you know, once Sam is done mm-hmm. into other, like, I would love, I would love to see American Dream. I would love it. Because American Dream was kind of what got me into comics to begin with, mm-hmm. which is silly. Um, but I would love to see American Dream because she is Peggy's niece. And because Cap does technically, now it doesn't have to be Steve in this case, though. But Cap gives her the shield. I'm just very so interested would, to see where they, if they can, if they it. decide that, post like America Chavez and like there's there's different yeah ways like, this. But it's just a like matter of where do they take it after because we are so far away from that that we don't know, know. where they're gonna go with anything and they haven't revealed anything, anything. and there are no cons this year to tell us what's gonna happen next. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Side note, side note. So, Sebastian Stan in his panel, because he speaks uh, Romanian. Yes, he does. I always watch yes. videos of him yes. on YouTube doing it, because it makes me so really happy. So, the panel, the panel at the con. Um, Where she asks him in Romanian? Yes. Because I've watched that video so a lot. Ex- so, I was there, eh? I was there. Oh, yeah? He got so excited. Like, the look on his face, he was so jazzed that somebody was speaking his language. And I was like, oh. But it was super funny because then he's like, oh, I'll give you spoilers. And he doesn't Romanian. Of course, it's not anything. And he's like, people from Marvel are probably like, they have like rifles trained on me right now. <laughs> he's like, they're watching. That's my favorite. I want to keep my job. This is my best paying gig. Like, do you think I got a good check from the bronze? Right. No. So, and like, that's another thing that Anthony Mackie said. He's like, I can't tell you. Because Jimmy Fallon was like, can you tell me anything? And he's like, sure can't. Sure can't. Mm-mm. Sure can't. I'm no. in it. That's it. That's why I will always respect Chadwick Boseman of just, I'm dead. <laughs> like, <laughs> when he was in that interview post-Infinity right. War, just, 
I died. So well, it doesn't matter because I'm, I'm dead, so I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> but no, I'm interested to see if it does continue what they continue to do. If they keep passing it on past Sam. And which stories will they choose? Yeah. Like, there's so many cool stories, like, so many cool cap stories that they could choose from. And because I really think the way it's going to work is that's the way that they need to do it. Yeah. And so that way, because it'll be a very long time before anyone is ready for anyone else to play Steve Rogers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is not like Spider-Man where I was fine with, like, four of them over the... So it's like between Steve Rogers and Tony Stark. Yeah, no, we need to wait, like, until... Oh, yeah, no. Please don't remake it. Like, this... But I think it's one of those... I just think it's one of those things, though, that they're not going to do. They won't. Like, until those actors are dead. Like, pretty much at that point. It would be like remaking Harry Potter. I can't. Which, I would... Like, that would be another thing where I'm like, for what? For what? Even when they... Like, even when they say things that they're going to remake now that are, like, not that old, I'm like... For what? Uh-huh. Like that would be like these. I feel like these are those kind of movies, though. They're on such a scale, though, that it would be senseless to remake them. Like they're just those movies that, like you know, like Singing in the Rain or Wizard of Oz, where you're like, they don't need to be remade. Nobody needs that. You know, there are some where you're just like, okay, well, whatever. That's where you can at least you can still pass it down if like half the longevity of like you pass the title. Exactly. So. Like, we'll have a new Iron Man and a new Captain America, but, like, Tony Stark is Robert Downey Jr., Chris yeah. Evans is Steve Rogers. Yeah. Yeah. Forever. Forever. Woo! And so, I think that concludes, we love Captain America, we love this movie in particular, First Avenger is an underrated gem, and so, you'll, it's definitely a good time, recommended to all. And so, so Shannon, thank, thank you so much for um, coming on today. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. I had so much fun. I'm flying down all the rabbit holes. Right? <laughs> yes, this is, I think, I think this might be our longest episode yet. But um, that's not surprising. It's, Actually, it's like, is it, or this or the High School Musical ones were pretty long. Oh, I love High School Musical. Tis true. I, I'd have to check the runtime on it. But speaking of long episodes, we have a lot of fun content that is coming this month. So just a few teasers as far as everyone so is talking about. So Hamilton is dropping this weekend. Well, technically in a few in a few hours, hours yes. Yeah, and so we're excited about that. We will be talking about that possibly for more than one episode. We're still working out the details there because it's a lot to discuss. Mm-hmm. And so we have some cool guests lined up on that and that's going to be fun. And then also um, we have so July is my birthday month so this is very much a Maddie tailored list of movies that we are talking about. And so um, we will be talking Prince Caspian because that's an underrated gem that was in my formative years. I will so stand that movie for the rest of my life. And why Susan Pevensey deserves better because <laughs> she does. And like we have a lot of thoughts on that. But then also, y'all, the episode is happening. We've teased it a lot of different times. We are talking Pirates of the Caribbean and because it is my first fandom. It is my my media love and I have so many feelings and literally 
can talk about it for probably close to three hours. We'll have to try to stay on task. I'm probably going to start making the Google Doc like now to help write it in because it's going to be a lot. And so stay tuned for that. And towards the end of the month, um, because we've been talking about a lot of very good movies, we're actually going to watch a bad movie and give it a poll for y'all to decide because there's... There's some doozies that are also available to stream on Disney Plus, and we're, we're going to take one for the team. And they are and so, movies that also tie into the theme parks. Tie, in, tie into the Disney theme parks. So then hopefully we can distract ourselves from the bad movies by talking about the theme parks. <laughs> because, yikes, there's been some bad theme park-based movies. And so there we go. Thank you so much for listening. That once again, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Once Upon a Stream. Donate to the Patreon if you can. That'd be much appreciated. And that wear a mask because, you know, Steve Rogers would say wear a mask because, you know, he would live through polio. So, like, that he knows as far as if there's infectious disease, like, be a good person. It's what Captain America would want you to do. And not only would Captain America want you to wear a mask, Captain America would believe that black lives matter. So make sure that you are out there signing petitions, texting, emailing, calling, doing everything you can to support the cause. What would Steve Rogers do? And so that concludes our podcast today. See you later for some Hamilton stuff. Bye! Bye!